Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word, word. continuing our extraordinary journey of trusting in the Lord. It's taken us several decades, well, at least one decade in terms of the actual teaching itself. And of course, it's taken us many, many miles into the presence of Almighty God, riding now across the period of the entrance to the tribulation, headed for the 1,000-year reign of peace, and we're traveling exquisite class. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, Lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path, says Solomon, the son of David and one of the, the verse that has led us. Let me ask you a question. Are you as trustworthy as Job? Remember now, we got started some time ago teaching you that trusting in the Lord was different from faith in Almighty God. They're distinct and distinguishable by that. I mean that when you, the people who exercise faith, and it's a good thing that you do because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And by faith, many uh, were healed, delivered, etc. But, but, the, but the, those are the ones who came to Jesus and got something from him. Trust is when Almighty God desires something of you and can trust you with his name, can trust you with his word, can trust you with the future of humanity. Are you that trustworthy? Let me, are you as trustworthy by trusting in the Lord? I'm not talking about people getting a healing or getting something from God. By trusting in the Lord, I'm talking about one who the Lord can trust his plans for humanity with. Let me give you an example of that. Job, in, in my book, and perhaps in everybody else's book, Job is the most trustworthy person we find in Scripture. I mean, there are others that are trustworthy as well, Peter, to be sure. But I, I just like Job. Almighty God told the devil face to face. I can trust Job. I mean, he told the devil face to face, ain't nothing you can do to get my servant Job to turn away from me. You can take his children, you can take his house, you can take whatever you do, don't step on his blue suede shoes. No, that's from Elvis Presley and something else. Let's get back to scripture. No, God told the devil face to face that there ain't nothing you can do to get Job to turn on me. I guarantee you that I can trust Job in the midnight hour. Well, now, okay. All right. So the devil said, oh, yes, I can. The, the God said, no, you can't. And he went on down there, and, and, and God told the devil, now, don't touch his health. Don't do that. But everything else, and, and the devil killed all of Job's children, all of them. Killed all of his cattle, she-asses, camels, goats, sheep, rams, herds, killed them all, every last one of them, took them, took his land, took his property, took his name, and yet Job would not turn on God. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So I want to ask you a question. 
And then find that the devil did take his health. You know he lies. He always does. Can God, his name is Jesus, can he trust you with his word that if he gives his word to you, you will not fail him and thusly will not fail humanity? Are you that trustworthy? Well, Peter was, you know, he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. I'm trusting you with the key he gave to Peter. I mean, are you that trustworthy? Now, there are a whole lot of people jumping up and down in churches. They don't, they don't worship God, but they want something from him. They're always asking for something, and they're always claiming faith. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Believe it and receive it. But God can't trust them with nothing. God don't trust them. I'm telling you that right now. No, no. So trust in the Lord is a teaching we've been doing for the past 10 years. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him. Now, I have to tell you that we at the Outlaw Church have put our trust in the Lord. We have been, we have been scorned. We've been buked. We've been lied on. We've been firebombed and threatened. We've had rocks thrown through the window. We have been threatened with killings and rapings and all kinds of atrocities. We've been deserted. We've been shanghaied. We've been railroaded. We've been lied on. We've been spit on. We've been thrown feces at. All of that, and we've not moved. Still trusting in Almighty God, he spoke out loud for the future of humanity, and we have not moved. I said he spoke out loud for the future of humanity, and we have not moved. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not down on understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That's what the Lord said. So every time, every time you log on, and every time you come anywhere near the ministry of the Outlaw Church, understand that neither death nor hell nor anything else. He can take our children. He can take our money. He can take our blue suede shoes even. He can drive our car and drink our liquor from an old fruit jar. Bob Jackson. <laughs> okay. I said, man, I want you to be. I'm serious. But we're not going to turn to the right nor to the left. I'm not turning. To the right, north, to the left. Are you that trustworthy? Who do you know that's that? Are you that trustworthy? Can the, have you trusted in the Lord and can God Almighty trust you? Like he did Job, like he did Peter, like he did Paul, like he did Daniel, like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can Almighty God, are you one of the ones that have put your trust in the Lord? Not in humanity, not in popularity, not in racial, not in any. Have you put your trust in Almighty God? His name is Jesus. Not Obama, not tribulation Trump. Have you put your trust in the Lord is the question. At any rate, uh, the fate of humanity rests upon the word Allah. Yeah, I said that. You heard me. You didn't, I didn't stumble. I spoke clear English. Unless you want me to talk in tongues. No, the fate of humanity Rest upon the prophecy Atlah. Now, as a result of our faithfulness to preach Atlah in the face of opposition, death, threats, and 
uh, threatened of being arrested, have, being shanghaied, having people deserting, lied on every kind of which kind of thing possible. We've not turned from what God has said on the 14th of September, 1991, and we have put our trust in him and we've not turned back. As a result of that, Almighty God has given us continuation of the vision as we travel to see. To announce to you that the full emancipation for Hamite and Canaanite people lies in the observance of the Sabbath day. Now you run and tell it. You sit there and you listen to me. And then you run and tell it. You run and tell it that the full and only emancipation and the only freedom for the Hamite and Canaanite people is through the observance completely of the Sabbath day. You run and tell them that they ain't going to never be free. Martin King couldn't do it. Dr. King or whoever he was or whatever couldn't do it. Oh, he was very popular. The Jewish press gave him plenty of media. And the Catholics and the Japheth people gave him plenty of exposure. But it didn't move the needle. In fact, what it did do, it helped Japheth people understand their sins. But it didn't move the needle. Didn't set the man free. Otherwise, you wouldn't have Black Lives Matter running around here now or Trayvon Martin or any of the others had it set the man free. No, no, no. Only the, the, the only emancipation for Hamites and Canaanites is in the complete and full observance of the Sabbath day wherever the Hamite man, a Canaanite man may be found. Now, I said to you just a moment ago, I ask you, are you as trustworthy with God's word as Job? Can the devil, can God, his name is Jesus, tell the devil that no matter what, you will stand steadfast and not turn to the right nor to the left? I can tell you this. The Lord God Almighty can tell the devil no matter what. You can't get James David Manning and the outlaw church to turn to the right, to the left. You can't bribe them. You can't take their money. Or they don't have any. Can't take their property through foreclosure. You can't throw rocks through the window. You can't lie and wag their tongue. You can't get thousands of nappy head Hamites and Canaanites to walk by every day and talk about they're in love with the Japheth Sodomite and kissing one another in front of the church and rubbing one another's butt and saying that Manning is a hater. He ain't gonna turn. For the rest of humanity, the best of humanity rests on the prophecy of Atla. And it shall come to pass. Though it tarry, it shall speak and not lie. And so the ambassador, can God trust you? Well, that's when you look, now you listen to me. You run around here, you listen to me. You listen to me. When you see or hear of Atla and his leadership, you're looking at a ministry that will not turn to the right nor to the left, to the white nor to the black, to the red nor to the blue. And Almighty, and the devil knows it. We're going to read right here until God fulfills. So the Lord has given me as we have traveled now to say to you that the full emancipation of the Hamite and Canaanite is through the process of the complete observance of the Sabbath day. That's right. And we have gone ahead and taught and parceled that 
God rested himself on the Sabbath day. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time to creation. The Sabbath day goes all the way back to the creation and where all men were free. Good God Almighty, hallelujah. Where all men and all of God's creation was as free as anything could be free, even free from sin, as Elijah Jenkins used to say. And so God says that when you get, and he told me to call on all the people from the Caribbean, all the way from down in Guyana, all the way up through Aruba, St. Lucia, all the way up through the Falcon, Grenada, Dominica, all the way up through Nevis, through St. Kitts, through St. Cross, St. Thomas, all the way up through the British Virgin Islands, the American Virgin Islands, all the way up through Dom uh, uh, Haiti, through Dominican Republic, through Cuba, all the way up to the Cayman Islands, uh, Grand Turks, Caicos, Bahamas, Freeport, Bermuda, all the way East Texas, Los Angeles, California, New York, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Florida. The God says, wherever the Hamite brother, wherever the Canaanite brother, that they all need to unite with one accord and step into the freedom that is provided by the observance of the Sabbath day. The one thing that, that Japheth has done more than any other kind of chain, he has put on the Hamite brother and the Japheth brother the strongest chain that he has put on him it wasn't the chains of slavery. It wasn't the chains and shackles around his neck. It wasn't the chains and shackles of the prisons. But the strongest and the most powerful and most deadly chain that Japheth, and he did it, that Japheth put on the Hamite and Canaanite brother was when he told him to worship on Sunday rather than the Sabbath. There ain't been a chain like it. There ain't been a chain that's lasted as long. My God, there's never been a chain that's more powerful. There's never been a chain that's done more damage. There's never been a chain more despised of God. There's never been a power more powerful than the power exercised by Japheth and the Catholics when they told a Hamite and Canaanite brother to worship on Sunday rather than on Saturday. Nothing has been more powerful. Not the slave ships, not the plantation, not the castration. Not the hanging. Nothing has been as powerful. Nothing has been as deadly as the chain of worshiping on Sunday rather than worshiping on Saturday. Got these swine dancing preachers jumping up and down like a bunch of clowns in a closet and a bunch of fools and monkeys in a tree talking about Sunday worship. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. And it's just as chained and bound as anything you've ever seen. And God has sent me. Now, you know, with a word like that, the devil has thrown everything, including this kitchen sink and the pipe leading to the sewer. He's thrown at us to try to get me to change, turn to the right nor to the left. But God knew when he spoke outlaw, he knew that he could trust. No matter if you could take my children, you could take my home, you can take my liquor out of an old fruit jar. Well, but God knew that we would not turn to the right nor to the left. God knew it. So I'm here today to teach you that the, to call all Canaanites and Hamites to Sabbath observance. And you know, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was God, his name is Jesus, that spoke in Genesis chapter 9 through the prophet Noah that Canaan shall serve Shem and Japheth. God spoke that. He shall be the servant unto his brethren. God spoke that. Yea, he did. No, God said that Canaan shall be the servant. And that's how I'm good with that. It's all right. God said that I'm good with it. 
But lost almighty God spoke and in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, and said, Shem shall be the servant to Ham for 400 years. Right there, and God spoke that to Abraham. No, he did. I'm good with that. Now I'm here to tell, as the Jews came out of Egypt with an outstretched hand and blessed beyond belief, for their 400 years, I'm here to say now it's time for Canaan to come up out the island. Well, he's going to stay in the islands, but come up out of the slavery to Japheth and to Shem because God is bringing him out with an outstretched arm and to come out in a prosperous, blessed, unmitigated way. That's right. I'm here to tell you, just like Shem came out of Egypt under the, uh, the servanthood of Ham in Egypt with an outstretched arm and blessed with jewels and golds and rich when he came out. I'm here to tell you the Hamites and Canaanites come out from underneath Japheth and, uh, and his imprisonment or got you worshiping on Sunday and become a Sabbath observer. Now, you know, there are a whole lot of people that would want to try to stop this word from going forward. They are. And you're listening to me and you know I'm telling the truth. You know, you know, many of you have watched for years and we've not turned God can trust me. I don't know about you. I, I, I can't, but I, I ain't turning to the right nor to the left. Nah, you can take whatever I got and go on with it. I ain't turning to the right nor to the left. But I want to say this. If you know and you're hearing now and you see that God blessed him when he came out of Egypt, he spent 400 years in slavery. Why can't you receive that God is getting ready to bless Canaan and Ham? For 400 years of slavery to Japheth. Why can't you see that? Why can't you receive that? Why are you going to still listen to these swine dancing preachers, these NAACP people, these half-baked, half-breed people like Barack Obama or Dr. Martin Luther King following the teachings of Mahatma Gandhi, some sort of Buddhist Hindu concoction or whatever it was that, that Gandhi taught that Dr. King tried to teach to y'all? It set you free. Didn't set you free. But the Bible shall, the word of God. You know, I taught as well that even though God cursed Canaan through Noah and said that Canaan shall serve Shem and Japheth, but even the curse itself had to take a one-day break every six days. The curse itself had to take a break on the Sabbath day. Because nobody should work on the Sabbath day. God said nobody, not even the slave, not even the cattle, that nobody should work. So even the curse that God put on Canaan through Noah could only work for six days. Then on the seventh day, the Canaan, the slave, had to rest. You can't make him work. The Bible says it. Now, you know, Japheth did make your work down in the plantation. You know, he did. But I'm telling you the power of the Sabbath. I'm trying to show you the power of the Sabbath day to stop a curse. Stop the curse six days in its track. And I'm telling you now, it shall stop it forever. When all Canaanites and Hamites unite and make the Sabbath their day of observance, of worship of all, all, Almighty God. Stop this skin flinting and this uh, Sunday, if you will, clown show. These swine dancing, lying, con artist preachers. And yeah, I said it. And yeah, they are. Well, they don't know nothing about God. I mean, they don't know nothing about the Lord. 
They knew the truth. They'd take you to, they'd tell you, we're going to go back and worship on the Sabbath. They, they told, if they knew the Lord, rather than run around here letting that lie that Japheth told you that lie. And then the Japheth, then the Gentiles with Paul, twisted Paul's word, talking about it don't matter what day you worship on. Well, it doesn't matter what day you worship on. You can worship on Thursday if you want, but don't forget that Sabbath is the appointed day. They didn't tell you that. Them Japheth people, them Gentiles that Paul uh, converted. Y'all been running around here with that lie from the Japheth people. And they didn't say you, you, you should not worship on the Sabbath. If you want to worship on Tuesday, well, that's all right. But don't forget, the appointed day is the Sabbath. Sure, you can worship on Wednesday. Of course you can. But don't forget, the, the day that God set aside and the one that, because if you don't worship on Wednesday, you're not breaking any law. If you don't worship on Thursday, you're still good with the Lord. If you don't worship on Monday, you're still good. But if you don't worship on Saturday, then the hammer going to fall on you. Because that's the day that God said. Not what these Japheth Gentile Catholics, Constantine, not knowing God people. Y'all running around here. The greatest chain that ever been put on your mind and put on your spirit and put on your soul. Not the chains of slavery, not the slave ships. The greatest chain ever was a chain that the devil put on your mind and spirit and told you to break the Sabbath and worship on Sunday and look at you. Well, at any rate. So I'm here to tell you now that Almighty God, his name is Jesus, has sent me here and told me this morning. He said that, uh, you know, who can I find like my servant Job? Who can I find that will not turn to the right no matter what you do to him because the devil will do it. And Job said, though the Lord slay me, I'm still going to trust him. Though the Lord slays me, I'm still going to trust him. That's what, the, that's what Job said. And I can tell you right now, when you're looking at the Allah Church, don't expect this to be some sort of jigaboo, if you will, name it and claim it, claim it organization running around here under some sort of Christian doctrine, whether it be talking in tongues or anything else, or prosperity. Don't expect none of that nonsense. Don't expect it, because that ain't what it's about. It's about the word of Almighty God. God has spoken, and we're not turning to the right nor to the left. Oh, it take me all day and, and half of tomorrow if I didn't stop to eat nor drink to tell you all the things the devil has done to try to stop us and try to turn us the same way he did Job. He worked on Job for several weeks. Finally got Mrs. Job to walk up there and tell Job to curse God. God said, woman, you talk like a foolish woman. No. Can God trust you? Can God trust Brooklyn Tabernacle with the plan for humanity? Can God trust Times Square Church? Can God trust any of these? Can God trust a Southern Baptist? Can God trust Billy Graham? Can God trust these people with the plan for humanity? No. You turn to the right or to the left, whichever way the wind is blowing, and we all know it. And so now here, I want to say to you, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. 
I want to tell you that the 400 years of slavery in Egypt under my father Ham of the Jews worked together for good. Good God, they came out of Egypt that night. The Bible says God told the Jews to borrow, borrow jewels of gold and silver from uh, their neighbor. And they did. But not only that, did they come out rich? But they came out with a promised land. God gave them Canaan, gave them my brother's land. 400 years of serving my father, Ham. Then he gave them my brother, Canaan land. Marched them into Canaan land, Transjordan, crossed Transjordan, and right up against Jericho where they gave a great big shout and the whole thing fell down. I was thinking, I was asking the Lord, I said, you know, why if the Jews had stayed there in Egypt, they could have marched around the great pyramid of Giza and shouted. And that bad boy would have fallen down. That's the kind of power they had and still do. And now God's got me telling you, Hamites and Canaanites, unite and receive this power, receive this word. Moses gave him a word. I'm giving a word. Moses gave him the law. I'm laying down the law. Come up here with that civil rights stuff to me and all that racial stuff. I'm talking about God's word. I said I'm talking about God's word. Sabbath day. Moses said anybody work on the Sabbath day, kill them. Moses said if your family members don't want to go along with the Sabbath day, kill them. Now but everybody going to worship on the Sabbath day. Ain't going to be nobody staying home. Watching, sitting there with your house bunny shoes on and your house coat and your hair and rollers watching Oral Roberts on television while you going to church. No. No. Everybody. Bring them in the wheelchairs. Of course, you ain't going to have no wheelchairs. Bring them. Bring them. So the Lord told me, he said, all things work together for good. As it worked together for good for the Jews, now shall it work together to good for the Hamites and Canaanites. The slavery worked together for good for the Jews. And look what happened to them after 40 years of slavery. And they've been moving through humanity with a plan for humanity. But now God has upgraded that plan. Got an upgrade with Canaan and Ham. If it worked together for good for the Jews, why can't it work together? Why can't the 400 years of slavery here in America and down in the West Indies in the Caribbean work together for good for the Hamites and the Canaanites? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. What God has done for others, he'll surely do for us. It's what I'm saying to you. So why are you hesitating? Why are you still swine dancing? Fooling around with these preachers or nothing more than clowns in the closet. Why? Why? You've heard the truth. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's right. And that 400 years of slavery here in America has worked together for good. Now, to break the slavery chain, you can't break it by marching and protesting and running down there to Washington and having civil rights and affirmative action. The way you break that chain is that you stop worshiping on Sunday and honor the Sabbath day one and all. There ain't never been a chain like it. There ain't never been an imprisonment. There ain't never been a, a, a chaining of the mind. There's never been a chain as powerful as Japheth. Them Catholic put, people put that chain on you. Got you running around here going to church on Sunday and spending money and getting drunk on Saturday like some sort of a barroom fool. And God told you to keep it holy. And you run around here getting drunk, playing golf. And, and carrying on like some sort of barroom fool sitting up in a beauty salon somewhere getting your hair fried on Saturday. What's wrong with you? No, Japheth told you to do that. 
wrong with you? Even the Jew didn't tell you to do that. Shemite would never tell you to do that. It was that Japheth boy lied to you, sit up in there getting your nails done and your toes done and your hair fried on Saturday when God said, it's holy. Look at you getting drunk. Some of y'all got a couple of dollars out there on the golf course trying to be like Japheth, riding around in a golf cart, swinging that little old white ball on Saturday, the holy day of God. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. And then you get mad, want to get an attitude when God hits you with the truth. And I come and speak the truth to you. You want to now? You want to kill me. Sitting up in there getting your hair fried and getting all them braids put in your hair. Extension. You ain't need no extension. Get a haircut. Do something. Sitting up in those fry all day, 12 hours in a beauty salon, getting all that braid, all that rubber, all that horse hair put in your hair on Saturday. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That's the only day I got to do it on Saturday. Look at you. But God says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. If 400 years of slavery worked good and got the Jews where they are today, then you have 400 years of slavery here to Japheth. Now are you ready to be set free and march in unbelievable wealth and power? And by the way, you know, this ain't no swine dancing. You're going to have to adhere to the word of God. You're going to have to thus saith the Lord. Whatever God said, whatever is the law, that's what it is. None of this, you know, God loves everybody. God loves every. He loves me. He loves you. He loves that man behind the tree. And I don't even know who he is. No, no. No, they ain't like that. That's a lie. That, that's another lie that Japheth has told you. And by the way, you know, lots of people, you're after Japheth. And I'm just telling the truth. Why can't I tell the truth? Japheth want to stop worshiping on Sunday, on them Catholics over there in Rome, running around that old long thing that they carry on their heads and all that old big old gold pipe and uh, stick that he walks around with that gold sensor throwing all that smoke on people. I mean, he can come on over to Saturday too, make an announcement over there in the Vatican. We're going to stop all this Sunday worship. We heard from Dr. Manning that God said that the Sabbath is the right day. Them, all them idiots down there, Nicolaitans down there in the Southern Baptist and them Southern plantation slavery churches. They can come on and repent too. Yeah, they can repent. But the call is to you, to the Hamite, to the Canaanite. That's who the call is to. I don't hate Jay. Well, I, I don't hate him, but I got to tell you the truth on him. Put that chain on your neck. Yeah, he did. Put that chain, put that Sunday chain on your neck and told you to go out there and get your hair fried on Saturday. Look at you. Look at you. You ain't got no hair. Anyway, so. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. If 400 years of slavery blessed Shem when he came out of Egypt with an outstretched arm, went across Transjordan, knocked down Jericho, took the city and established it as a promised land and became a mighty people under God after that first thing in 400 years. Well, what about the Canaanites down in the Caribbean? What about the Hamites and Canaanites all over Africa? What about them? They're, we've had 400 years of slavery. And I have to, have to make qualifications here. You know, many of the Canaanites that are still in Africa have not gone through 400 years of slavery. So we'll have to talk to them about uh, their joining under some other purpose and plan. 
but the Canaanites down in the Caribbean and the Canaanites in South Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Texas, the Canaanites for 100 years. God's going to bless you by a factor of a thousand times better than he blessed the Jew. And he sent me here and I have I've walked through hell and high water to get here today to say today to get this message to you. I've walked through desertion, hated by my own family members, lied on, have buckets of feces thrown at me, rocks thrown through the window of con continuous 24 hour a day, nonstop threats of death, being accosted by the CIA, lied on, hated. Thousands have marched against it. I've marched through all of that. I stood through all of that to get this message to you here today. I walked through all of that to bring this message to you here today. That the Sabbath is the true emancipation. That the Sabbath shall set you free. In fact, you don't have to ask me. You just look in the scripture. No man shall be a slave on the Sabbath day. No man shall work on the Sabbath day. No man shall be a slave on the Sabbath day. No man shall be a servant on the Sabbath day. You know, even back there in the plantation days down there in the, uh, in the creeks of Mississippi, the slave could have walked up to the boss on Saturday and said, boss, look at here, boss. I ain't your slave today. Not today. And uh, pull out the Bible to teach him how to read. I go down and teach him how to read the, 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 the slave down on the plantations of Mississippi right around Vicksburg. Could have walked up to the white man and said, boss, I ain't your slave today. The word of God says nobody works on the Sabbath. Ain't nothing the boss can do. What they going to do? Try to take the Bible out of his hand. Put him in jail. Put him out there in a hot box somewhere. What are they going to do? No, he's just speaking the truth. The slave could have said to the boss, boss, I ain't your slave today, not today. I ain't your slave today. You better catch me before tomorrow comes. <laughs> I ain't your, not today. The word of God says that no man shall work on the Sabbath day. Good God Almighty. I said, good God Almighty. Now, you know, a lot of Jason people are getting angry with this. Why? Why? A lot of them say, well, I ain't going to listen to them no more. Why? Why? Don't you want the truth? Don't you want to be set free? Don't you want to agree? Well, I can tell you this. I mean, if you, you might want to consider, though, that God never promised anything like this to Japheth. He promised it to Shem. He told Moses in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, that you're going to be for slave for 400 years. I mean, he told, he told Abraham, pardon me. He told Abraham, pardon me. But God never promised. Then he told Caleb, you're going to be a servant to Shem and Japheth. But he never told Japheth nothing. So you might have a good reason to get mad. But don't get mad at me. No, I'm just a messenger. No, he never told Japheth. Ain't nowhere in the Bible where he ever told Japheth, Japheth that he's going to be a slave. And then it's going to be as a result of it. I mean, when Canaan, and y'all get this message out. Canaan and Ham gets out them swine dancing organizations and start worshiping on the Sabbath day. That the blessings that Canaan and Ham will have will be more blessings multiplied by a factor of a thousand as compared to what God has done for Shem. So listen, here is what you need to do. You need to make a decision, all right, that, uh, that you're going to become a Sabbath observer. You're going to go back. Get out them beauty parlors, get off them golf courses, get out them bars, 
and come to church on Saturday. Well, you're going to worship on Saturday. Right? And then you're not going to try to two-time God by going to church someplace on Sunday. And a lot of people uh, several years ago that uh, didn't want to give up their JFIP designation. So they said they were members of this church, but they went and worshiped someplace else on Sunday. But you need to understand that you need to make, and I'm talking about you, you need to make the decision. Whether you're Japheth, Shem, or Canaanite, or Hamite, you need to make the decision that you're going to become a Sabbath worshiper, and you ain't going to run around and two-time God by going someplace on Sunday. And this is for everybody. Whether you're Japheth, whether you're Shem, or whether you're Ham, everybody, Canaanites in particular. I'm speaking to Canaanites because Canaan was a sl- Ham was never a slave, but Can- Canaan was. And so I'm speaking a power of liberation, but it'll liberate you too. You can get in on it. You can go up in what Moses called of the mixed multitude that came out of Egypt that morning. You can be a part of, if you're Japheth, you can be a part of the mixed multitude. Don't point getting mad, stop fighting me and don't want me to deliver the word to Canaan. He needs to hear this word. What's wrong with you? He needs to hear it. Might save your life for him to hear this word. Point getting angry, getting mad. The devil get a hold of you like that and tell you to hate me for telling Canaan he's set free. The ultimate emancipation of freedom is Sabbath observance. Running around here talking about you can worship any day you want. Of course you can. But you cannot not worship on Saturday. Then you get in trouble. So you need to make a decision. That you're going to become a Sabbath observer and you ain't going to two-time God by running around here somewhere and going to the little, one of these swine dancing churches on Sunday. Two-timing. Double-mindedness. No, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to do it. You're going to be steadfast and immovable in the word of God. But I want to say that there's, a, and I'll be talking more about the great blessings of wealth and power stored up for, for Canaan. As he makes this transition out them swine dancing clown car churches and the monkeys in a tree. Churches and pastors. And come to full emancipation through the process of the Sabbath day. And, I, you know, I told you all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. The 400 years of slavery worked together good for the Jews. The 400 years of slavery worked together good for Canaan. And so. On another note, before I close down here today, you might want to start counting your trials and your and all your problems as a blessing. You got some stuff that's hanging out there now. You know, count it as a blessing. Your trials, your tribulation, your enslavement, your persecution comes to make you strong. Make you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's why God lets it come into your life. Praise Almighty God. Now listen, I want to make an announcement. We're in the middle of the Lenten season, and depending on when you listen to this, you might listen to it at some other time, and we're getting ready to go into the Holy Week season. And I want to say to everybody who was once a member and could call me your pastor of our church and ministry, uh, but now you've either, and you, whether you are Obama supporter or a Tribulation Trump supporter, or even if the mark of the beast or all of the things that have been prophesied and said about you from the mouth of this preacher and messenger, you're not listening to me. I want you to listen to this. 
You've been excommunicated for whatever reason from this church. You've been cut off from the blessings of this ministry and you feel it deep inside your bones that you had a good thing when you were a member and could call me your pastor and could call upon me and could listen to me teach even though I never saw you personally. Or you used to pew, a pew member used to sit up in the church and enjoy the blessings of the pew and come in and enjoy the blessings of the power of the Holy Ghost. The joy inside of the outlaw church is spectacular. I mean, it's incredible. There's nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing like it. You're once a pew member. Well, I want to say this to you. The invitation has been given to you to be restored into the membership of the outlaw world missionary church. There are two things. One is you must bring fruits and be willing to repent. You can't come back in here with the same attitude or you can't come in here and still go worship and, and, and Obama and tribulation Trump. You need to repent. You need to bring fruit meat for repentance. You need to repent. If you did things that were wrong and tried to destroy uh, the house, you need to repent. You need to repent. And the other thing is that you need to get it done before the close of worship on uh, uh, or the beginning of worship, rather, on uh, Easter Sunday morning. That's really resurrection. But I know many of y'all got that language out there. You call it Easter. All right. OK, I ain't got a problem with that. I'll say that. Before the beginning of worship on resurrection, Easter Sunday morning, you need to make sure you got that done. You got your repentance in place. You got your house in order and you're ready to be restored. You may ask the question, what about the fact you're carrying the mark of the beast? Well, we'll talk about that. What about the fact you say that I cursed you? Well, we'll talk about that. But you have the opportunity of salvation, you have the opportunity of restoration. Whether you know or not, I may have the keys to the kingdom in my hand. And people over there, God gave it to Peter. They don't know what they're doing over there no more. I may have the keys. You don't have to believe it. I may have the keys. Look at my hands. Look at my hands. I may have the keys to the kingdom to bind and to loose in my hands. You can say that I don't have them. Well, you don't know who does. So how do you know that I don't? But the restoration uh, is possible between now and the beginning of worship on uh, Easter Sunday morning. You can be restored whether you're an online or a pew member. The restoration potential is there. And that, that's been given to you. And uh, you'll do it as you will. Now run and tell it. Run and tell it. And who knows whether God will lift that burden off of you. Whether God will take that rock that he's put you under and bring you out to the marvelous light. All right, my friends, well, we're thankful to Almighty God for the opportunity to serve. Uh, we need to get the word down out, out now down there in the, in the Caribbean. We need to, do, to get the word out down there now. We're going to change the name of them islands. Listen, J5 went out down there in St. Thomas. And uh, well, I'll, I may go with St. Thomas, but he went down there in all them islands. And he named them islands. Not only did he put a chain around your neck and told you to worship on Sunday. Put a chain around your neck. Even when you were over there in Africa, before Christianity ever came to Africa. 
long before it came. Even the Muslim brothers told you to worship on Saturday, the Sabbath. Even the Muslims who came into Africa, down into sub-Sahara Africa, down into the, the heart of Africa, the Muslims that came, they told you to worship on Saturday. And Japheth comes over there and put that chain on your neck and put you on a ship and tells you to worship on Sunday. But you know better. Now you want to get an attitude at me because I'm telling you to go back to honoring God on the day that God says honor him. And not only to put that chain on your neck, but he also, he also named them islands down there after them freaks they call priests over there in the Catholic Church. All them islands and, and Desalines and, 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 and uh, Toussaint Overture said, we ain't going to have this for Haiti. You ain't going to call on, on they have us walking around in the land after some freak, some French priest named Saint Dominique. They, they cut that out and went and got a name for that, that no Japheth person ever spoke or heard before, and they called it Haiti. You didn't know that, did you? Well, I'm telling you. You do the same thing with all these other islands down there. These Arubas and, and all this other kind of stuff that's going on down there. You need to get some Canaanite names. You need to go in the Bible and look at the sons of, 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 uh, of Ham, Canaan, Shem, and Cush, and Nimrod, and all of that. No, you need to be able to do it. All right, my friends, uh, we're thankful to Almighty God. Remember, trust in the Lord. Can God trust you with the plan of humanity? Can God trust you with the keys to the kingdom? Can God trust you when the devil throws everything at you he's got? Can God trust you if the devil takes your children and kills them, your grandbabies and slaughters them? Can God trust you to not turn to the right nor to the left, nor give up, nor quit, nor cry? When he takes everything you have, all your money, forecloses you, takes your property, takes everything you worked all your life for, he takes it from you. Can God trust you to hold on? Can God trust you to be um, immovable and unshakable in your faith in him? Can God trust you when the world turns on you and calls you a false prophet and says that the reason why these things are happening to you is because you've sinned before God and the elders and the people gather around and they point their fingers and they wag their heads and their tongues and said all this bad stuff is happening to you. All these things are happening to you. Your church is empty because God, you, you're not serving God. Can God trust you to stay there and not turn to the right to the left? Can God trust you when the devil puts his hand on you and takes your health when God told him not to do it, yet the devil did it anyway? And you're sitting there and your breath smells like some sort of a landfill. And yet, People are coming, even when your wife comes, the last hope you had in connection to humanity. The last person that believed in you was your wife. And she comes and said, you ought to curse God and die because God don't know you. God don't love you. Otherwise, these things will not be happening to you. Miss Job told uh, Mr. Job that the only reason these things are happening, if God was God, if God had power, you wouldn't be sick. You wouldn't have lost your children. You wouldn't have lost your house. You wouldn't have lost your family. You wouldn't have lost this. You wouldn't have lost that. If God was with you, he'd have been a fit all around you. He'd have been a high tower. He'd have been a shelter for you. Job, if God was with you, Job, you might as well curse God and die. And Job told Mrs. Job, you talk like a foolish woman. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Can God trust you? Can God trust Atla? Can God? Can he trust? Well, I can tell you right now, that's for me in my house. There ain't no question. Don't even think about it. 
Don't even think about it. As for me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. And hallelujah. And boom shakalaka goes right there. to you is the power that will cause Wall Street to come and ask us to bless them. Well, what I'm about to announce to you will call peoples and persons from Hades and purgatory to heaven itself to come and ask us for blessing. What I'm about to announce to you will make you rich, wealthy, and blessed and healthy far beyond your wildest imaginations. What I'm about to announce to you will break the history of slavery and make you say, thank God we were and thank God you brought us to this point because it's through those hard times we've come to realize the power of this word that we're now receiving. And the word I want to say to you that's going to give us all of this power greater than the march of Dr. King, greater than any black president, greater than anything else, if we who are Hamites, the sons of Ham, those who are African, those who are Indian, those who are Chinese, those who are of the black top and the brown skin. If we Hamites and then Canaanites, who are the ones who have taken up all the islands from Guyana to Venezuela to Belize to Latin America to St. Lucia, Grenada, Falcon Islands, all the way up the Cayman, all that region in there called the islands of the island chain, especially the Canaanites, were we with one voice to say with one heart and one spirit that we are going to honor the Sabbath day. We are going to honor it as a day of worship. We're going to move away from the day that Japheth had led us erroneously to worship on Sunday and worship on Saturday. Now listen just a moment. Listen very carefully. If, if every person in the islands, if every person in Guyana, every person in Belize, every person of a Canaanite, Hamite color and skin and blood in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi, you know who I'm talking about. If we all with one accord say that we're not going to seek power from the White House, but we're going to seek power from God's house, we're going to with one spirit do the right thing. We're going to worship on the Sabbath day. 
Now, if every Canaanite in the island said they're going to worship on the Sabbath day, the hotels will have to shut down. The meal services will have to shut down. Wall Street would take a look at us. If every person in New York that's a Canaanite, that's a Hamite, if every person that's a Canaanite or a Hamite across America and across the world said, we're just going to do what God said. We're not marching. We're not the Black Panthers. We're not the Black Lives Matter. We're just going to do what God said. And we're going to honor the Sabbath day. What are they going to say about it? Well, are they going to say we're militant? Are they going to say that we should be arrested? No, we're just going to do. And with that kind of unity, with all Canaanites and Hamites coming together, it will shut down the world on Saturday and people will have to wait for us to come back to work or come back to the places where they, and you can say hallelujah right there. You can give God some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. No. Can I, can I, I share something with you about Sabbath. Japheth has lied to us. He has lied. Constantine and the Catholic Church, they've lied to us and took us away from the Sabbath and got us worshiping on Sunday or got them worshiping on Sunday. But if every Canaanite blood and every Hamite blood worship on Saturday, the world will have to wait until we stop praying before they can start running again. That's power. That is power. The Jews have been doing it for years, but it's not as many of them as it is. When the Jews say we're not going to school on Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, you can't get in a schoolhouse. They shut the schools down. We can shut down Wall Street if we get together and say that we're going to worship on the Sabbath day. We can shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let me shout something to you about the Sabbath. Well, these old swine dancing preachers. He did a Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, lying, told. Here they come. No matter what day we worship on. Can I share something with you? The Lord told me to come and tell y'all this. The Lord told me to tell you how important the Sabbath is. And then we got to spread this word all down in the islands. We'll probably do better down there than we do up here. That we're going to unite. We may not be together on everything else, but we can get together on God's word on the Sabbath day. But God told me to tell you this. I said, God, his name is Jesus, said, you're going to tell the people something they've never known or never heard before. What is it, Lord? What is it? He said, remember when Lazarus got sick? I said, well, yeah, I know about it. He said, and the messenger came to me and told me that Lazarus was sick Come and heal him like I've healed everybody else. And I stayed in the same place where I was two days. And then two days after, it was a two-day journey. So by the time I got to where Lazarus was, he had been dead for four days. So, well, I know that. He said, well, the reason why I didn't go is because when the messenger came, now Jesus told me this. When the messenger came, it was Sabbath Eve. And if I had gone, I would have been walking on the Sabbath day, I waited till the Sabbath ended, and then on Sunday, when the Sabbath ended, I made my two-day journey over to Bethany, where Lazarus was, even though he had been dead for four days, I waited until after the Sabbath before I raised him up. I said, well, I said, well Lord, I ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, well, I ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, but let me tell you something. You go back and tell them, because they're going to be jealous of you with that kind of anointing. 
You go back and tell them when they put me in the grave and they rolled a stone in front of me and they made it as secure as they possibly could. They laid me in that tomb. They laid me in that grave. And I was going to get up. I told you I'm the resurrection and the life. But I waited until after the Sabbath day and at the end of the Sabbath, I got up out of the grave. Hallelujah. And boom, chakalaka goes right there. Yes, sir. He said, I would not violate the Sabbath day. I waited until it was over with, and at the end of the Sabbath on Sunday morning, I got up. And I wouldn't, I didn't raise Lazarus on the Sabbath day. It was after, good God Almighty, good God Almighty. Glory. He told me, the Lord, his name is Jesus. The same Jesus that came into that jail cell. The same Jesus that strengthens me to stay in this community in spite of all the hatred. That same Jesus told me to tell you. Now, if you ain't ever heard from Jesus, you just heard him. You just heard from him. Nobody ever told you that. Nobody ain't never told you that. Now, let me read it, though, because we got people online. Uh, Y'all stand, keep standing. We got people online who don't know what I'm talking about. Let me put this in the context of the word of God. Y'all keep standing. You're standing in agreement. Is that right? Let me read this here. Uh, verse, chapter 11 of St. John's Gospel. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord. Now we're talking about calling all Canaanites and Hamites to Sabbath worship. Is that right? Not calling them to a special idea, not calling them to be Democrats, not calling them to be Black Lives Matter. We're calling them to honor the Sabbath day. Yes. Amen? Yes. That there'll be unity. Here, watch this. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not in the death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place, because it was Sabbath Eve. Right? It's Friday he just got the news. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. And after that, say if he to his disciples, all right, let's go into Judah again. Now his disciples said, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and thou goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, ah, yeah, and there, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, but if he, uh, he seeth the light of this world, but if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light. All right, in him. Now watch this. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend lies asleep, but I go that I may awake him out of, a, out of sleep. And then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke to his of his death, but they thought 
that he has spoken of taking uh, a rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there for the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto the fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had been laying in the grave four days already. That's all I want you to take seats. Four days. The, the messenger came on Sabbath Eve. Jesus stayed till Sabbath Eve was over, till the Sabbath over, and then he made his two-day journey. Four days. It'll make a junkie say, Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word, word. We're continuing the Manning Report. I am he, the quintessential American, James David Righteous Rebel Manning. Don't have our co-host Sabbath, the incredible Sabbath, Rachel LaFleur with us at present. She'll return. Uh, but since we have uh, made our visitation to Haiti and Almighty God has been speaking revelations, we have taken a solo pulpit and position uh, until that has ebbed in any way God would wish to have it happen. So uh, but Sabbath remains uh, faithful to what uh, is being done here in the ministry and in full support. Uh, recently, I have made mention of the fact that there's an atrocity going on in South Africa where the Nelson Mandela government and those that have come up under his leadership are now at this present moment killing white farmers and there is presently in the parliament legislation to be put forward to take all the white farmers' land. And there's all kinds of, if you will, power abuses being displayed. I want to say a couple of things about it. Thing number one, you don't see very much about this in the main and the dunghead media, the European JFIF media, mainly because American JFIF media, dunghead media, do not want to offend Hamites or black or Negroes or African-American by publishing this. So they allowed this to go on without you really knowing very much about it, of what's happening in South Africa at present. The other thing that is, is, that is running concurrent with this is that Tribulation Trump um, is such a, a maniacal person that he is sucking all the oxygen out of any media time and America now is in her own sense of duress and enslavement and trying to save herself. And the media is dedicating all of its time and energy to that process. But let me make clear some statements I have made regarding my covering of what's happening in South Africa. As you will remember in years gone by, after having traveled to South Africa in the early 80s, uh, and was able to see and understand exactly how South Africa came to be, the Afrikaners, the Dutch, the Europeans, and their war against the Zulus. Uh, and over many hundreds of years, the Zulus killed the Dutch and the Afrikaners and the white Europeans that came down the Transvaal. 
There were hundreds of years of battles when the Zulus won and they maintained autonomy over their land. And then uh, going back a hundred years ago, the Zulus and Afrikaners reorganized themselves, came back down the Transvaal, and, and they were able to win a war against the Zulus, and thusly set up the Afrikaner government and established it based on the fact that they were in charge with the Zulus now in servitude to them. And I expressed all of that in terms of the battle and how it went. And many of the South Africans, uh, the Zulus were not necessarily in favor of what I said, but many of the South Africans were. But what I want to say now uh, with respect to what, what's going on uh, and, and, and whether I should speak or can speak, um, when Obama was the illegal president, unconstitutional, illegal, a fraud, a, a mascot, not even a, a fully qualified so-called black man became the president of America, it was very oppressive to many Japheth people. They were under great duress. Uh, much of it personally manufactured, but a lot of it also true. And, and not because I came to their aid, but because I spoke the truth, the truth that I spoke about Obama and about his support system of, 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 of Hamites or Canaanites or uh, in their, uh, black people, African-Americans, as I spoke the truth about him and his support system, many Japheth people felt some sort of relief. And we went on to demonstrate unequivocally when others would not what a fraud and unconstitutional Obama was. And it helped them largely, greatly, it helped them. In fact, they all know me now as a result of the long-legged Mac Daddy. But as soon as this white supremacist Tribulation Trump, this racist, this orange-haired orangutan, this coochie grabber, this bankruptcy king, this con man, this liar, this freak, this white supremacist supporter and uh, believer and sympathizer, Tribulation Trump came along, they abandoned me. In fact, they not only abandoned, but they turned on me viciously, the same people that I helped during the time and gave them a sense of stability and peace and hope for the future when Obama was president. When this racist, this white supremacist, tribulation Trump came, they viciously turned on me. And then they looked at people like that freak, that sellout, that pedophile, Ben Carson. They call, he says he's a neurosurgeon or a doctor. He's a demon who he is. They turned on me and said he is the true he is the true kind of Hamite leadership. Ben Carson would not know how to be a Hamite if somebody wrote a book for him. He still wouldn't know how to follow the instructions, though he could do brain surgery. He couldn't follow instructions of three pages on how to be a black man. He doesn't know how. They turned on me. So the issue here now is I'm simply saying that what reward is it? What good comes from helping people who may be oppressed? Should I reach out now and help the white farmers in South Africa? Well, I don't believe they should be killed. I don't believe that that, that what's happening to them. But should I reach out and help them now? And then should things settle down? Will I then be turned on viciously and hated, scorned? I mean, the same people I told who I helped throughout the Obama years have told me I ought to go back to robbing houses as a burglar. They call me the N-word. 
They've said all kinds of ugly things to me and everything they can potentially say and do, they've done it. I'm talking about the ones that through the power of God, I was able to help sustain them during the Obama reign. And now that I'm speaking a word of blessing to Canaan and Ham, they're even more vicious and angry. I mean, they have no trouble worshiping this racist, this orange hat orangutan, this coochie grabber. They have no problems whatsoever honoring him. I mean, even, you know, one of the things about the South African regime, they had a thing called pass laws. You, and if you were a, a Zulu, in order to get into the major cities of the, uh, the, where the in industry and commerce went on, uh, you were not allowed to live in Johannesburg or Cape Town. You were, you were cast into the outer limits of those towns, and to get in, you had to have a pass law. When I hear Tribulation Trump talking about build that wall, it's the same thing as a pass law. When I hear Tribulation Trump talk about Muslims and Mexicans, it's the same as a pass law. When I hear Tribulation Trump call all of Africa and Haiti as assholes, it's worse than the past law. Yet the white evangelicals and, 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 and really anybody that is well, an evangelicals or Japheth, the Southern Baptists, just like the Anglican Church supported the clerk and all the others over a hundred years and their oppressive apartheid regime, the Southern Baptists, the evangelicals, the white Christians are supporting this white supremacist, this racist, this liar, this rapist, this hater, this cokehead, this freak named Tribulation Trump. And the beat goes on. There is no difference. There is no difference. I mean, you have the same kind of phenomena that's happening now. Um, and so uh, it's important that we recognize this and it's important that you understand something about the depths of the history. Uh, you know, when I look at the evangelicals in the Southern Baptists, Lieutenant Colonel Peters, who's been all over the news recently, who was once an analyst for Fox News, is now saying that Fox News has become an outright propaganda machine assaulting our Constitution, assaulting Sean Hannity and Alex Jones. They are assaulting the rule of law. They are assaulting our Constitution. They are assaulting the Justice Department. I'm talking about Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, and all this crowd. They are assaulting. They're nothing more than criminals assaulting the good of our, of our law and law system and rule of law simply to support this white supremacist uh, uh, tribulation Trump. Yeah, they are. And I'm here to speak it. But I think the other thing that we need to understand is that these Southern Baptists and evangelicals are what God, his name is Jesus, referred to in the book of Revelation, chapter two, verse six, as Nicolaitans. And God says he hates them. You know, I, I started doing broadcasting, started drawing out a lot of people who are not theologically trained nor filled with the Holy Ghost operating in churches or calling themselves evangelicals or going to these mega churches, but they didn't know a thing about God nor his word, using the term Luciferian. What the hell is that? This Luciferian, a Luciferian. And, and, and applying it as to mean something that was evil. They don't even know that the word Lucifer is one of the more beautiful words and names that we know from heaven. Lucifer. That was the name that Satan occupied before God excommunicated him from heaven. 
It was a beautiful, it actually meant the morning star. So when these non-trained evangelicals running around here who don't know a thing about theology, all they go is to these doctrinal institutions and learn more demon and doctrine, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Jesus said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans is what these evangelicals, they don't know anything about the Bible, nor do they have the Holy Ghost. So when they said Luciferian, they don't even know they're saying something that's good, as beautiful as the morning star. That was Lucifer. That's what Lucifer means, the morning star. And they are treated as something bad because they're untrained, they're uneducated. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And you're sitting up in these evangelical listening to Salem ministry, and they don't know the first thing. It'd be one thing. And I sat under many Bible theologians who didn't have the Holy Ghost, but they at least knew how to rightly divide the word of truth. I wouldn't sit up in a Southern Baptist church or evangelical or listen to Salem media. They don't know nothing about about dividing the word or rightly dividing the word of truth. And they ought to be ashamed of themselves, Paul said. All they do is teach doctrine. And Jesus said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans is what he hates. He hates the Southern Baptists. He hates Salem Media. He hates Billy Graham. He hates Jerry Falwell. He hates Robert J. He hates them. Where can we find that? Mr. Engineer, do we have that in our verse? Do the, um, that is, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Uh, uh, where is it? In verse 15? Or is it in... Uh, Go to verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15, and, and see, yeah, there it is, right? The doctrine of Balaam and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. The, the Salem media, they, they don't know, all they do is teach doctrine. They don't know theology. I'm listening to how on earth, and they got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of red-haired, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, jaded people sitting up in there, and they don't know the first thing about rightly dividing the word of truth, nor do they have the Holy Ghost. They, they teach the doctrine of Balaam. Go back to Genesis, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. And, and verse 15, I want to show these people something about these people. There you see, and I, they have a few things that they have the doctrine of Balaam and the Balak and then teaching. And then the verse 15 said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which God hates. He hates Southern Baptists, hates every last one of them, hates Jerry Falwell, hates every student that goes there. He hates them, that doctrine. So having said that, I want to say that, you know, I could speak a word on behalf of the white African uh, farmers that are being killed, but will they turn on me as well? I mean, when, and then raise up somebody like Tribulation Trump, a white supremacist, like these Japheth people have done here in America, they don't have no problems, the evangelicals, they don't have no problem with the fact that Trump has got three women after him now for having sex with them, raping them, paying them off, doing cocaine, snorting cocaine. One's got a picture of Tribulation Trump blowing a line of cocaine. Got five lines of cocaine on the table and got his nose on the coffee table and the woman got the picture of it. She's going to show it. And yet the evangelical said, he's our man. We love him. You've never seen anything like this. You've never seen a busload of people or, or going to hell as long. In fact, most of those southern states, I can even give a warning down there to the Hamites, the Canaanites, get the hell out of everything below the Mason-Dixon line. You're going, that whole part of the world is going to hell. So I don't think what's happening in South Africa is right. 
No, I don't think so. I don't think what the, what the Mandela African, African National Congress Parliament is doing is right, but I'm holding my powder. I tell you what, here's what I'll do. I'll, make a, I'll do this. When the Japheth people in America will stand up with one voice from Texas, Louisiana, the Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, the Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and everywhere in between. When they're standing up with one voice and condemn this white supremacist, this orange-haired orangutan, this rapist, this hater, this cokehead, this freak, when they will stand up and condemn Tribulation Trump, I'll stand up and I'll condemn what's going on in South Africa. I'm on. Game on. You want to see South Africa saved? You can at the same time kill two birds with one stone. You can save America and South Africa. Me, I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord, sir. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and uh, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. Uh, it is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. <laughs> and um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're going to have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you can pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing just quickly you can eat. And then we'll go to the next worship. If at all possible... We're going to hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're going to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some, of the, some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least... 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And uh, most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well. And weather permitting, we're going to have it out on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have 7 Preachers in this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. Though we've had all women once before, maybe I don't know, but we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday. Um, this coming Good Friday, rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course, our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, so we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the first. 
Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service, live in the New York area, come on to the Good Friday, get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon because we start right on the dock with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. Let me say this to you. I'm the Lord's servant. I work for him. And he has sent me to say to you, with $100, you can bring tribulation Trump to his knees. You can put him down and he'll never rise again. And to those people who are of the nations and, and, and color and hue of Africa and Haiti that Trump referred to as assholes in particular, I have called for 5 million people that Trump has labeled as assholes to give $100, raising half a billion dollars all total, and then we could use that money as a financial base to be able to purchase Trump properties, Mar-a-Lago in Florida, Delray Beach Golf Course in Florida, Bedminster Country Club and Golf Course in New Jersey, and Trump Tower in New York City. How do we bring him to his knees? Well, Worry and noise to broad, and we can get this word out, and you start talking about it in your families and around the table and everywhere else. You make this as a kitchen table process. That every you can get five million Hamites and Canaanites, that is African American or blacks, or to you Negroes. You're going to contribute $100 to raise half a billion dollars, and you're going to buy up Trump's properties. Uh, and with that kind of money, it, of course, can be done. And especially those who Trump has said are asshole nations. That, that's what I want to present and propose to you. Now, let me just give some attention to the devil. I don't usually like to do this. Normally, I, I would just go on around it. But on this matter, I want everybody to feel safe. You know, there are a whole lot of people. I see people come to our church. And they enjoy the preaching. I see people sit online and watch and never miss. In fact, they get their, their biscuits and their coffee and they know when I'm coming on uh, live and they watch. And they listen to everything I say. They laugh. They roll in truth. They're enlightened. They get wisdom. And then they go out and tell what I've said in another way to their friends and their neighbors. And their neighbors think they're smart. I don't get the credit. They plagiarize what I do. That's what many who do sit online and watch me. But the moment I ask for a tithe or an offering, the moment I ask for the first fruit, the moment I ask for them support regularly as you get supported from your job, they get an attitude and turn me off. I mean, it is absolute lunacy. And then if I press the issue after they have used my material, after they have been enlightened, after they have been encouraged, after they have been healed, and I asked them for an offer. All of a sudden, I'm an evil person. I'm a money grabber. All of a sudden, I'm a freak, a fraud and a fake. 
when I ask for money. So let me just point out the hypocrisy of these people. Let me point out the fact, don't pay them any attention. Yeah, because they get, then get on the comment section and, and talk about the fact that the preacher asks for money. No, most Hamites can afford $100. In fact, some Hamite children can do it. Well, 5 million of them, and the purpose of it is to bring Trump to his knees. Because when we start talking about this over the next couple of months, and Trump hears about, we're going to buy your property, homie. You call us assholes, we're going to buy your property because you're going to need money. Them lawyers you got to keep you out of jail going to take every dime you got. You need, you got to sell Mar-a-Lago. We're going to own Trump Tower. We're going to own the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. We're going to turn Mar-a-Lago into a school for Haitian children. We're going to own it. It's going to bring him to his knees, but ain't nothing he can do about it. I don't want to be the president of the organization that collects the funds. People already started giving. I don't want to be that we can turn that over to a group, to a person, a, a Hamite or Canaanite brother, who a person of integrity, a person who doesn't turn to the right nor to the left, not one of these pinch-nosed Negroes or some Harvard-trained civil rights affirmative action idiot, but a, a stomp down and put together a board of directors. I don't want to be involved in the process of the collection or the maintenance or the leveraging of the funds or the acquisition, but I do want to say a prayer. And I do want to give spiritual guidance because God's given the vision to me. God's given the word to me. But we're calling for people now to unite. We're calling for people to come together. And I want the engineer to put up on the announcement board uh, the information on how you can contact me and how you can then begin to say, all right, I want to be a part of this process. And we want to get the word out. Need we get a stir? We need to make this a kitchen table talk. Talk about it at McDonald's. Talk about it at uh, the, the, wherever you go to Olive Gardens. Talk about it when you go shopping. Talk about it in schools on the jobs. That with $100, 5 million, 5 million Hamites. And this is for Hamites only, by the way. Yeah, it is. 5 million Hamites or Canaanites. Hamites and Canaanites. Raise half a billion. You may get 10 million Canaanites and Hamites. You may get 20 million. You get 10 billion. Uh, 10 million, you got a billion dollars. You get 20 million, you got $2 billion. We'll buy up everything Trump ever owned in his entire life. We can buy him out, wipe him out, and turn it into institutions, colleges, schools, uh, hospitals uh, that can be used for the so called S hole people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's right. Vengeance is mine. And so I'm calling upon you to go ahead now. You got $100. Ain't going to cost you more than that. All you need is $100. But what you need to do is give your heart and then get out there and talk to people about this. Talk to them. Say, you know, my God, God's given Dr. Manning a word that will put us in power and we'll never look back again. But the other thing is the thing that Trump is doing to you when he hears about this. <laughs> when he, he ain't going to be able to sleep at night when he hears about that. The things he's done to you, the things he said to you, you ought to be willing to give up $100. You ought to be willing to give up $100. And whatever else you may have think or say about me, you ought to be able to put it aside that you might be able to stop Trump. You may not like me. You may not like the fact that I call Obama half-baked, half-breed, non-black, non-white liar constitutional fraud. You may not like that, but you can put that aside to stop Trump. 
with a hundred dollars, you can stop Trump. And God says, right on your on your gift when you send it, that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God will repay for what Trump has done and what he has said. And by the way, if you don't stop him, he's gonna take it so maybe a year from now you won't have a hundred dollars to give. So let's get started. Get out there, talk it up, tell everybody about it. They're gonna you tell, well, all right, Pastor Man, he ain't for the black man. Well, that's where the pastor man live. He lives in Harlem. Well, who's the, what, the, what, what kind of people live in Harlem? Well, you know, that, that might be a good question. But where pastor man is a brother, pastor man has walked the prisons. Pastor Manning has walked the cotton fields of North Carolina. He's walked the tobacco fields of North Carolina. He's seen the Ku Klux Klan ride through his town. Pastor Manning has been beaten by the police, kicked in the face, and has uh, had his jaw broken, his ribs thrown in prison down in Florida. And yet he still stands up and says, Jesus is Lord. Pastor Manning has fed over a million meals to hungry bellies in the New York City, educating children, sending them off to school, to colleges, to be doctors and lawyers. Pastor Manning does it consistently and never turns to the right nor to the left. Pastor Manning doesn't jump up. And you can't push him down. You may not like his truth and you may let the Japheth media and the Shemite media cause you to bow down to worship these swine dancing preachers. But Pastor Manning is a stomp down man. It's about time. It's about time. We listen to what he says. He says with a hundred dollars, we can take down tribulation Trump. I want to get everybody you know to contribute a hundred dollars to buy Mar-a-Lago, Bedminster, Trump Tower and the and, and, uh, uh, Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., and everything else for the atrocities and what he said. No, all that Al Sharpton talk is cheap. All that talk of Michael Eric Dyson talking about what Trump has said. No, we're going to do something about what Trump has said. They talk about how wrong it was for Trump to call Africa and Haiti an S.O. They talk, we're going to do something. I'm James Evan Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord, sir. They know I've survived some of the most brutal attacks, death threats, fire bombings, lies, assaults. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know there's a man in here. James Brown said, open up the door and let a man come in. They know there's a man in here. There's a man in this. They know it. There's a man in this church. They know it. They stood up to Obama and didn't back up. Marched against him. They know there's a man. There's a stomp down. There's a man in this house. They know it. And not they don't come in here because they don't agree. They don't want to come in here because they know they're going to come in here and meet a man. They walk by. They feel the vibrations of the church. They feel the vibrations of the building. There's a man in here. Look at him. Look at him. This man. Couldn't beat him. Police couldn't beat him. Obama couldn't beat him. Prison couldn't keep him. Desertion. People running away. And he's still preaching. Cardi, Pastor has one more question. One more question. I promise I'll bother you any further. Don't bother me no more. The question is, are you, are you happy? Are you happier now? Um, actually, ever since I became, like, real popular, I'm not really that happy, to be honest with you, because you have people like you all the time judging me. When I was, when I was me and judging nobody you. knew me no you 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 judge you judge how do you, you think judge you judge Beyonce. You? like you judge Beyonce like you have people I'm, like you always judging me and it's just like 
It's hurtful. It's, it's, it's annoying, and I can't stand it. And it's so crazy because you? I make... How did I judge you? You're, you're biased, and I, I'm not going to blame I'm, you for I'm that. I'm expressing a point of I, view. I am not you're going judging to. me. You're, you're judging me. I'm not I'm expressing I'm, a point of view. Cardi, is he allowed to have his... Is everybody allowed to have their point of view? Opinion. I'm just telling you my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Your opinion is okay. You could do what but you want to do. But it's not a judgment. Hey, Sean Hannity. Alex Jones. Is what Cambridge Analytica has done through Facebook um, collusion? Is what Steve Bannon has said and what the, uh, the campaign director of Tribulation Trump says that it was the data from, uh, from Facebook that was stolen by Cambridge Analytica that, that won the presidency for Trump? Is, is that collusion? It is, and by the way, you know, they're threatening to take Alex off of YouTube uh, because of the uh, him putting out information they consider to be false information. And we'll talk about that another time. But right now, um, Cambridge Analytica stole information under the pretext of this Russian spy who's a lecturer and professor at a St. Petersburg, Russia uh, institution and also here in America under the theme of an academic and was able to get Facebook to give up their saying information, personal information on some 50 million people. I want to play a part, play a, 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 a clip here from one of the local news channels uh, explaining that Cambridge analytical thing and succinctly and how it put Trump in the White House. And we want to ask Sean Hannity, was that collusion? Mr. Engineer, please. Do we need to get it done? Uh, we, we can. All right, here it comes now, Mr. Engineer. Breaking news, a new expose about Cambridge Analytics, which is the data firm under fire for accessing the private information of more than 50 million Facebook users in an attempt to influence voters. Cambridge Analytica, of course, was being paid by the Trump campaign. And it shows how closely the company worked with the campaign. And now we're learning with Trump himself. The company's CEO, Alexander Nix, who was suspended today, says in an undercover video, which you'll see, that Cambridge Analytica was responsible for Trump's win and that he met with Trump multiple times. Tom Foreman is out front. Even as Team Trump suggests Cambridge Analytica had little to do with the big election win, stunning new video out of British TV's Channel 4 shows Cambridge CEO Alexander Nix telling a different story. Have you met Mr. Trump? Many times. You have? We did all the search, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting. We ran all the digital campaign, the television campaign. Cambridge Analytica had powerful connections to candidate Trump, including one-time top advisor Steve Bannon and billionaire donor Robert Mercer. So presidential son-in-law Jared Kushner and consultant Brad Parscale brought in the company which is now accused of utilizing data from 50 million Facebook users without permission. Facebook was how Donald Trump was going to win. Cambridge says the data has now been deleted and they're working with Facebook on the issue. But questions are also swirling about a possible link to Russian meddling. In July 2016, that Cambridge CEO reached out to Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, seeking access to emails from Hillary Clinton's private server. There was no evidence WikiLeaks had such information. But WikiLeaks was releasing emails from the computers of other Democrats. 
which authorities say were hacked by Russians. The emails bedeviled the Clinton campaign, and another Trump well, advisor, Roger Stone, weighed in. I actually have uh, communicated with Assange. He also directly messaged a Russian hacker. He says he did nothing wrong, and despite another claim that Cambridge had ties to a Russian oil company, the campaign insists there were never any links to Russia. Are you comfortable that the Trump campaign through uh, the Cambridge Analytica had a connection to WikiLeaks? They didn't have a connection to WikiLeaks. Cambridge Analytica says the comments by the CEO do not represent the values or operations of the firm, and his suspension reflects the seriousness with which we view this violation. And the company told that British channel it has never claimed it won the election for President Trump. They've also launched an internal investigation into the matter, Aaron. You know, Tom, one of the things that really stands out there, I think, in that video is when the then CEO of Cambridge Analytica, now suspended, says, yes, absolutely, not with directly with Trump, many times. I mean, that's pretty significant. That means you can't pass it off to some low-level somebody. It could go all the way to the president himself. What kind of legal implications could that have on the Mueller Russia investigation? Well, let's think about this. If what he said is true, if investigators found that Cambridge Analytica was working covertly with the Russians, and if they proved the Trump team knew about it, someone could be charged with something like unlawfully interfering with operation of the government or obstruction of justice or who knows. But there are a lot of ifs in that scenario. And so far, no proof we know of. Aaron? Right. Of course, we know uh, if Mueller has it, it won't have leaked out. So who knows where they are on that? All right, uh, so Facebook is now willing to admit that 50 million of their users' uh, information, private information, has been compromised and stolen and placed in the hands of criminals and transferred to the Trump campaign in order to be able to find out which buttons to push during the rallies and what would get people out to vote, such as drain the swamp, build a wall, lock her up. And, and so Facebook has, their leaders have confessed to this. Mark Zuckerberg is in hiding. Cambridge Analytica, its president, recently fired or suspended, has um, also stated that he met with Trump several occasions, not with, not with some of Trump's subordinates, but he met with Trump himself personally to discuss this process and his method of using stolen information to bolster his campaign and to increase his chances of winning and would win in using such criminal tactics as what has been done. So I, wanna, I want to ask Sean Hannity, I want to ask Alex Jones, I want to ask Mike Pence, I want to ask Kellyanne Conway, I want to ask Paula Ryan, I want to ask uh, Mitch McConnell, was that collusion? I want to ask the evangelicals, I want to ask Franklin Graham, I want to ask Jeff Falwell Jr., Robert Jeffers, was that collusion? Was it criminal? Was it obstruction of justice? Was it the American way? Was that God? Was that Jesus that raided the Facebook pages and transferred the information in a criminal, criminal way? Did Jesus do that so he could put Trump in power? Hey! Hey, you Japheth evangelicals. Hey! Was that Jesus? Was it? I think we know the answer. <laughs> I think we know that it was not Jesus. It was the devil. That's who did it. And that's who put tribulation. And we're going to find out 
more about this process as it goes along. Very interesting. But now we got Facebook on the line. We got Cambridge Analytica. What else went on that we're going to discover when Robert Mueller drops his bomb? I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord's servant. And by the way, Mr. Engineer, don't, don't take me to a breakout time. It's going to be short here today. Ted Olson, one of the more famed Washington attorneys who's handled some really major cases uh, before the Supreme Court, who knows his way around Washington, uh, was approached by Tribulation Trump of late to join his team of lawyers defending against the Mueller investigation. You know, he's got Ty Cobb and he's got a couple of other freaks that are running around there. Uh, who'd have no idea what they're doing, but he now realizes that uh, these people, these lawyers he has now, that they don't know how to deal with the questions or how to deal with the charges that Mueller is getting ready to level So against Trump. So Trump is now looking for other lawyers, more experienced, lawyers that, uh, who are not conspiracy theorists, lawyers who will deal with the law. Otherwise, Trump is going to jail. But Ted Olson, Theodore Olson is his name, one of America's famed attorneys, said, no, uh, he's not going to be able to serve Trump. And the reason gave it would be a conflict of interest. But the truth of the matter is this, is that who wants to be associated with um, a Trump when you got people like this Joseph D. Javinia, whatever his name is, I know I'm butchering it, who is saying that the FBI frame Trump. First of all, they tried to help Hillary and then they framed Trump. Nobody wants to be associated with that. Nobody wants to be associated with the legacy of tribulation Trump. I think Ty Cobb uh, is leaving as well because nobody wants to be associated with what would be the ultimate legacy of one of the most embarrassing moments in hell with tribulation Trump when all is found out about this, this freak, this psychopath. So people are trying to get a, nobody, he can't, he was not going to be able to get any lawyers. I mean, think about it for just a second. I mean, Hope Hicks is gone. Keith Schiller, his longtime bodyguard is gone. I mean, Riz Priebus is gone. Uh, I, Steve Bannon is gone. I mean, the only person still with Trump now is his wife, Melania and Ivanka and Jared. And I'm not sure how close they are together. Because here, here, I mean, and then you got these, these, these Nicolaitans out there, these evil people that God hates in the Southern Baptists and evangelicals, they're still sticking with him, talking about giving him a mulligan. And by the way, thank you, Elder Smith, for sending that article. Giving Trump a mulligan, a chance to do it all over again. <laughs> this man is being, a woman, a week is coming out the woodwork on Trump and the Southern Baptists says, okay, as long as he build that wall and keep the Mexicans out. We don't care how many women he rapes or whatever non-disclosure acts he has or court action. We don't care. He can do that all he wants. Cocaine, we don't care. As long as he build that wall. Really, they don't want the wall built. They just want him to keep America white, which is a farce and a fantasy. But at any rate, but nobody wants to be associated with Trump now. And as this matter heats up even more, you're going to find even some of the Republicans that were in Congress that were free to say something about it because they were afraid of their own reelection process are going to jump ship too. Trump was going to be as, 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 as alone as anybody can possibly be alone when it finally uh, all comes down because people are going to try to distance themselves from having been anywhere near the kind of maniacal, low-life things that Trump is noted for. 
I, I think John Brennan was right that Trump's presidency will go down in the dustbin being of history as perhaps the worst thing that has ever happened to America on a political scale. He's right. <laughs> you never see anything like it. Anyway, he's going to be indicted. He, according to the questions and according to the people, he's now trying to hire as lawyers. It appears that the indictment will be for the obstruction of justice. Uh, the, the fact that he, tried, he fired James Comey, the fact that he brought Kislyak and Lavrov into the Oval Office and confessed before Lester Holtz that the reason why he did it was because of the Russia investigation. He's going to be indicted for uh, obstruction of justice amid a ton of other financial crimes as well. And then everybody around him is going to go to jail for fraud, for money laundering, the works. It's going to be a mess. Get your popcorn. No, really what you ought to do, quite frankly, is that you need to get your health in order. Get healthy. I don't know what your health situation is. Get healthy. I'll even pray for you. I will, and I believe the prayers that we offer are medicine, uh, as a form of medicine. Uh, that will, I, Get your health in order. There's a long winter coming. Get your health in order. Get your finances in order. Because the first thing the government's going to do when it collapses, it's going to collapse and China's going to stand up and you ain't seen nothing like the red scare that's going to come out of China when Trump falls. You ain't seen nothing like the Chinese in terms of their economic power and strength that's come out. And then Russia's only defense will be they've got the best cyber warfare program, second only to North Korea. Get your health in order. Get your finances in order. But more than that, get right with Jesus. Denounce Trump and accept the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Get your life in order. You ain't never seen nothing like this. We've, we've never been attacked by China. As soon as Trump falls and he's going to fall, you've never seen anything like this. Get, your life, get right with Jesus and do it now. I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord Servant. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Why should I pay them taxes after I'm doing them a great service? Because we weren't here to do it. The city would have to come in and feed and educate these children. We don't get a dime from the city, the state, nor the federal government. Not one dime, not one dime from any of them demons. Not one dime comes to, to cook that food. Not one dime. Every bit of it comes from the tithe and the offering. And, the, and they say, after we serve all these meals, educate all these children, keep people out of prison, counsel husbands and wives, they say I should pay them taxes also. No! No, we're not paying them any taxes. Why should we? And that's why the tax exemption for churches and charitable organizations was set up in the first place. Because churches do work that ostensibly the state or the government doesn't have to do. Hell! I want to put forth a call for five million Hamites, Canaanites, Haitians in particular, and in the league. To form a union, uh, to contribute $100 each, 
to buy all of Tribulation Trump's properties, starting with Mar-a-Lago and the Trump International Hotel, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., starting there. Five million Hamites and Canaanites uh, contributing $100 each, raising a half a billion dollars to start the process of purchasing, purchasing Tribulation Trump's properties. And the reason why they should going to be purchased, and they'll be purchased at a fire sale, because Trump will be indicted or commit suicide, or the Mueller investigation will tighten a noose around him so tight that he's going to have to sell off, off his properties. I just did a piece earlier where I explained that Tribulation Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, had to hock his house to raise $130,000. Now, you know, when you know, I got to, when you have to hock your house to raise $130,000 to pay a sex bill, ain't no money. They, these boys ain't got no money. They ain't got no money. This went to the drug dealer. At any rate, or loan shop. But at any rate, I, I, I seriously, I want this to be very carefully now. Think about this, and we'll see how God will work all this out. If five million Hamites and Canaanites with Haitians in the league, and everybody all down in the islands, invested $100, it would raise half a billion. If 10 million Hamite, Canaanites, invested $100, it'll raise a billion dollars. That would be enough money to put in a structured program whereby it would then begin to finance the purchase of Mar-a-Lago in Florida and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., the Trump Tower here in New York, and some of the Trump golf courses, the Delray Beach uh, Trump golf course also in Florida, and other properties as well that will be sold at a fire sale because Trump is going to need money. He's going to need it desperately. So I would think that if, if those of you out there would hear me, and we can find some people that are credible financial people whose heart's in the right place, that either Hamanite or Canaanite, whose heart's in the right place, but they have great financial expertise. They have been known to deal in an equitable way and an honest way with the people, whether it be a broker from Wall Street or an insurance representative or some other kind of person that is a hammer or canine who has financial experience and put together a board of directors and then hold a conference and ask each Hamite or Canaanite person for $100 only in honor of refuting Tribulation Trump for having called Africa and Haiti as an asshole. And most Hamites, you can get 10 million Hamites to come up with $100. That ain't no big thing. You'll get Hamites who want to come up with 1,000 or 100,000, knowing that we can take Trump's properties, all of them, all of them. The man that disparaged uh, Haiti and Africa in the worst way. And we can then run our beautiful children, 
turn the properties into schools, turn the Mar-a-Lago in, into a school to educate at all levels, into a college to educate and, and, and give Haitian children visas to come to educate themselves and from all down in the islands, from down in St. Kitts, from down in uh, Jamaica, can come to Mar-a-Lago and we can turn uh, Trump Tower uh, into an education institution or keep it as a hotel and use it as an international Hamite and Canaanite hotel managed by, we need to find people that are Hamites who have hotel management experience. Uh, we need the people who have worked for the Four Seasons Hotel, who have worked for the upscale, the St. Regis here in, uh, in New York. We have a member of our church who's now studying law who worked for the Waldorf Astoria at one time. We need to find people of the Hamite Canaanite persuasion and ability who have expertise, who work at the Waldorf, who've worked at the Plaza Hotel, who work at the Four Seasons, and who worked at Marriott and other Hiltons, who understand hotel management, so that when we take charge of this, it will not be a skippy organization run down half-hearted. No, it'll be run in the most upscale way, even better than Tribulation Trump is running it. Yeah, and promoted as such, and the education. Well, I'm not talking about my doing this themselves. I just want to get out there and put the idea out there. We need to get out there on the Steve Harvey show and the Tom Joyner and everybody else. I'm putting the idea out there. See, God's given me the strength to blow the idea. God's given me the mouthful of blessings to bless the project. And then we can call for And we'll look at the, 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 the pedigrees, the resumes of those who would want to orchestrate. Senator the president, the board of board of directors, the chairman of this organization, bringing five million or 10 million Hamites and Canaanites together to then purchase Trump properties. And, and, and we, even before Mueller ties that noose around his neck completely, let him know that we're watching him. We're waiting for him to fall so we can take his properties and let everybody else know it as well. But yeah, I don't have to run this. You say, Pastor, you're trying to run it. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I ain't got time to run no banking industry. No, I'll, I will teach in a school, but I ain't got time to do this or put together a board of directors or sit down and have coffee in Danish with y'all in some boardroom. I ain't going to do that. That ain't my stick. That ain't my style. I don't do that. I'm just the Lord's servant. I'm telling you what the Lord's servant. Y'all take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. But I want to be there to bless it. Call it together. Hold the first prayer meeting. And we're going to look for the best and the finest of the Hamites and brothers who got a good record. Now, we, we, we don't want none of these politicians. I'll tell you this right now. Now, I will have some, I do want to have to say, we're, we're, no, no politician. You're congressman. No, we, uh, no, no. You done been tainted by that chicken blood. You've been eating chicken blood. You're a politician. You've been eating chicken blood. And you have to be, to be a politician to the Hamite community to come out of the hood, you, you sell us out. We know that. Oh, we know that things you have to do. You have to bow down to Mr. Charlie and sell us out. We know that. And that's why we don't want you. Because you've been, you had chicken blood in you. Well, find some brothers that nobody knows about. Find a brother who has demonstrated that he's been upright, upstanding, manages his family well, and 
has a love for the Lord God Almighty. and He's, he's uh, kept his nose clean. There's somebody out there that can do it. And they put together a constituent of board of directors to serve along with him. And then we'll find people that know how to manage the Waldorf or work at the Waldorf. And you get the idea. No, I don't have to have, all I want to do is open it up with the first prayer meeting. I, I want to call for it and get out there in the ether and get out there on these broadcast programs and begin to talk about it so the Hamite community can wake up and realize we buy Trump's properties. And we want him to hear about it while he's deliberating. We want him to hear about it. We're going to tell you, brother, when you go, gone, guess what? We're going to be in your house uh, doing the do. Ha! <laughs> That's right. We're going to be in your house. Listen to James Brown. Say it loud. <laughs> you know, Maxine Waters' husband is a banker. Is that right? Uh, he is. I think they, 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 so we're talking to him. I don't know whether he would be suitable for this. I don't know whether because they ran a little trouble and Maxine Waters is a politician. But she might be able to help us. No, we're going to go ahead now. And uh, I'm, I'm putting it out here today. Uh, you got my information, call me. Now you will call me or you uh, send an email or you contact me. Uh, put, that, put that number up on the board there, Mr. Engineer, the 877-777-0734. Uh, they can call it and the secretary will take the number and I'll get back to you when I got the time. I'm a pastor. I got, I got a school I'm running here and I got sermons I'm preaching and a, and a, a report that I'm doing here and I got People in this community that in New York City, I'm fighting. Well, I'll get back to you and I give send me an email. Put all that information up. Put the email information up. So you send me an email. You can send it directly to me at artlaw1 at aol.com. I'll take it. But the best thing for you to do now to really get with this, the best thing for you to do is to follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning, right? Follow me on Twitter. And, and, and go to my Dr. James David Manning Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning. Now remember, when communicating with me, our, our goal is to get five million of the people that Tribulation Trump call S-holes to, to contribute $100. I will not be the president of it. I will not be the board of directors. I, all I want to do is call the meeting. Call, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm going to call it, anoint it, bless it, pray over it, and then turn it over to very capable people. Amen. Amen. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Nigeria. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from St. Kitts and Nevis. Mr. Trump, I am from Nevis.
Let's get close to the Lord. Oh yeah. Let's get close to the Lord. Oh yeah. Living life from day to day. We so busy, lose our way. The Manning Report. I am he, the quintessential American, James David Righteous Rebel Manning. Don't have the alcohol Sabbath, the incredible Sabbath, Rachel LaFleur with us at present. She'll return. Uh, But since we have uh, made our visitation to Haiti and Almighty God has been speaking revelations, we have taken a solo pulpit and position uh, until that has ebbed in any way God would wish to have it happen. So uh, but Sabbath remains uh, faithful to what uh, is being done here in the ministry and of, in full support. Uh, recently, I have made mention of the fact that there's an atrocity going on in South Africa where the Nelson Mandela government and those that have come up under his leadership are now at this present moment killing white farmers and there is presently in the parliament legislation to be put forward to take all the white farmers' land. And there's all kinds of, if you will, power abuses being displayed. I want to say a couple of things about it. Thing number one, you don't see very much about this in the main and the dunghead media, the European JFIF media, mainly because American JFIF media, dunghead media, do not want to offend Hamites or black or Negroes or African-American by publishing this. So they've allowed this to go on without you really knowing very much about it, of what's happening in South Africa at present. The other thing that is, is, that is running concurrent with this is that Tribulation Trump um, is such a, a maniacal person that he is sucking all the oxygen out of any media time and America now is in her own sense of duress and enslavement and trying to save herself. And the media is dedicating all of its time and energy to that process. But let me make clear some statements I have made 
regarding my covering of what's happening in South Africa, as you will remember in years gone by, after having traveled to South Africa in the early 80s, uh, and was able to see and understand exactly how South Africa came to be, the Afrikaners, the Dutch, the Europeans, and their war against the Zulus. Uh, and over many hundreds of years, the Zulus killed the Dutch and the Afrikaners and the white Europeans that came down the Transvaal. There were hundreds of years of battles when the Zulus won and they maintained autonomy over their land. And then, uh, going back a hundred years ago, the Zulus and Afrikaners reorganized themselves, came back down the Transvaal, and, and they were able to win a war against the Zulus, and thus they set up the Afrikaner government and established it based on the fact that they were in charge with the Zulus now in servitude to them. And I expressed all of that in terms of the battle and how it went. And many of the South Africans, uh, the Zulus were not necessarily in favor of what I said, but many of the South Africans were. But what I want to say now uh, with respect to what, what's going on uh, and, and, and whether I should speak or can speak, um, when Obama was the illegal president, unconstitutional, illegal, a fraud, a, a mascot, not even a, a fully qualified so-called black man, became the president of America. It was very oppressive to many Japheth people. They were under great duress. Uh, much of it personally manufactured, but a lot of it also true. And, and not because I came to their aid, but because I spoke the truth, the truth that I spoke about Obama and about his support system of, 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 of Hamites or Canaanites or in uh, their uh, black people, African American, as I spoke the truth about him and his support system, many Japheth people felt some sort of relief. And we went on to demonstrate unequivocally when others would not what a fraud and unconstitutional Obama was. And it helped them largely, greatly, it helped them. In fact, they all know me now as a result of the long legged Mac Daddy. But as soon as this white supremacist Tribulation Trump, this racist, this orange-haired orangutan, this coochie grabber, this bankruptcy king, this con man, this liar, this freak, this white supremacist supporter and uh, believer and sympathizer, Tribulation Trump came along, they abandoned me. In fact, they not only abandoned, but they turned on me viciously, the same people that I helped during the time and gave them a sense of stability and peace and hope for the future when Obama was president. When this racist, this white supremacist, Tribulation Trump came, they viciously turned on me. And then they looked at people like that freak, that sellout, that pedophile, Ben Carson. They call, he says he's a neurosurgeon or a doctor. He's a demon who he is. They turned on me and said, he is the true. He is the true kind of Hamite leadership. Ben Carson would not know how to be a Hamite if somebody wrote a book for him. He still wouldn't know how to follow the instructions, though he could do brain surgery. He couldn't follow instructions of three pages on how to be a black man. He doesn't know how. They turned on me. So the issue here now is I'm simply saying that what reward is it? What good comes from helping people who may be oppressed. Should I reach out now and help the white farmers in South Africa 
well, I don't believe they should be killed. I don't believe that that that's what's happening to them. But should I reach out and help them now? And then should things settle down? Will I then be turned on viciously and hated, scorned? I mean, the same people I told who I helped throughout the Obama years have told me I ought to go back to robbing houses as a burglar. They call me the N-word. They've said all kinds of ugly things to me and everything they can potentially say and do, they've done it. I'm talking about the ones that through the power of God, I was able to help sustain them during the Obama reign. And now that I'm speaking a word of blessing to Canaan and Ham, they're even more vicious and angry. I mean, they have no trouble worshiping this racist, this orange hat orangutan, this coochie grabber. They have no problems whatsoever honoring him. I mean, even, you know, one of the things about the South African regime, they had a thing called pass laws. You And if you were a, a Zulu, in order to get into the major cities of the, uh, the where the in industry and commerce went on, uh, you were not allowed to live in Johannesburg or Cape Town. You were you were cast into the outer limits of those towns, and to get in, you had to have a pass law. When I hear Tribulation Trump talking about build that wall, it's the same thing as a pass law. When I hear Tribulation Trump talk about Muslims and Mexicans. It's the same as a past law. When I had tribulation Trump call all of Africa and Haiti as assholes, it's worse than the past law. Yet the white evangelicals, and, 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 and really anybody that is well, uh, evangelicals, uh, Japheth, the Southern Baptists, just like the Anglican Church supported the clerk and all the others over a hundred years and their oppressive apartheid regime, the Southern Baptists, the evangelicals, the white Christians are supporting this white supremacist, this racist, this liar, this rapist, this hater, this cokehead, this freak named Tribulation Trump. And the beat goes on. There is no difference. There is no difference. I mean, you have the same kind of phenomena that's happening now. Um, and so uh, it's important that we recognize this, and it's important that you understand something about the depths of the history. Uh, you know, when I look at the evangelicals and the Southern Baptists, Lieutenant Colonel Peters, who's been all over the news recently, who was once an analyst for Fox News, is now saying that Fox News has become an outright propaganda machine assaulting our Constitution, assaulting Sean Hannity and Alex Jones. They are assaulting the rule of law. They are assaulting our Constitution. They are assaulting the Justice Department. I'm talking about Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, and all this crowd. They are assaulting. They're nothing more than criminals assaulting the good of our, of our law and law system and rule of law simply to support this white supremacist uh, uh, tribulation Trump. Yeah, they are. And I'm here to speak it. But I think the other thing that we need to understand is that these Southern Baptists and evangelicals are what God, his name is Jesus, referred to in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 6, as Nicolaitans. And God says he hates them. 
You know, I, I started doing broadcasting, started drawing at a lot of people who are not theologically trained, nor filled with the Holy Ghost operating in churches, or calling themselves evangelicals, or going to these mega churches, but they didn't know a thing about God nor his word, using the term Luciferian. What the hell is that? This Luciferian, a Luciferian. And, and, and applying it as to mean something that was evil. They don't even know that the word Lucifer is one of the more beautiful words and names that we know from heaven. Lucifer, that was the name that Satan occupied before God excommunicated him from heaven. It was a beautiful, it actually meant the morning star. So when these non-trained evangelicals running around here who don't know a thing about theology, all oh, they go to these doctrinal institutions and learn more demon and doctrine, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Jesus said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans is what these evangelicals, is. they don't know anything about the Bible, nor do they have the Holy Ghost. So when they said Luciferian, they don't even know they're saying something that's good, as beautiful as the morning star. That was Lucifer. That's what Lucifer means, the morning star. And they are treated to something bad because they're untrained, they're uneducated. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And you're sitting up in these evangelical listening to Salem ministry, and they don't know the first thing. It'd be one thing. And I sat under many Bible theologians who didn't have the Holy Ghost, but they at least knew how to rightly divide the word of truth. I wouldn't sit up in a Southern Baptist church or evangelical or listen to Salem media. They don't know nothing about about dividing the word, rightly dividing the word of truth. And they ought to be ashamed of themselves, Paul said. All they do is teach doctrine. And Jesus said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans is what he hates. He hates the Southern Baptists. He hates Salem Media. He hates Billy Graham. He hates Jerry Falwell. He hates Robert J. He hates them. Where can we find that? Mr. Engineer, do we have that in our verse? Do the, um, that is, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Uh, uh, where is it in verse 15? Or is it in... Uh, Go to verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15, and, and see, yeah, there, there it is, right? The, the doctrine of Balaam and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. The, the Salem media, they, they don't know, all they do is teach doctrine. They don't know theology. I'm listening to how on earth, and they got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of red-haired, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, jaffy people sitting up in there, and they don't know the first thing about rightly dividing the word of truth, nor do they have the Holy Ghost. They, they teach the doctrine of Balaam. Go back to Genesis, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. And, and verse 15, I want to show these people something about these people. There you see, and I, there are a few things that they have, the doctrine of Balaam and the Balak and then teaching. And then the verse 15 said the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which God hates. He hates Southern Baptists, hates every last one of them, hates Jerry Falwell, hates every student that goes there. He hates them, that doctrine. So having said that, I want to say that, you know, I could speak a word on behalf of the white African uh, farmers that are being killed, but will they turn on me as well? I mean, when, and then raise up somebody like Tribulation Trump, a white supremacist, like these JFA people have done here in America, they don't have no problems, the evangelicals, they don't have no problem with the fact that Trump has got three women after him now for having sex with them, raping them, 
paying them off, doing cocaine, snorting cocaine. One's got a picture of Tribulation Trump blowing a line of cocaine. Got five lines of cocaine on the table and got his nose on the coffee table and the woman got the picture of it. She's going to show it. And yet the evangelical said, he's our man. We love him. You've never seen anything like this. You've never seen a busload of people or, or going to hell as long. In fact, most of those southern states, I can even give a warning down there to the Hamites, the Canaanites, get the hell out of everything below the Mason-Dixon line. You're going, that whole part of the world is going to hell. So I don't think what's happening in South Africa is right. No, I don't think so. I don't think what the, what the Mandela... African, African National Congress Parliament is doing is right, but I'm holding my powder. I tell you what, here's what I'll do. I'll make a, I'll do this. When the Japheth people in America will stand up with one voice from Texas, Louisiana, the Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, the Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and everywhere in between. When they'll stand up with one voice and condemn this white supremacist, this orange-haired orangutan, this rapist, this hater, this cokehead, this freak, when they will stand up and condemn Tribulation Trump, I'll stand up and I'll condemn what's going on in South Africa. I'm on. Game on. You want to see South Africa saved? You can at the same time kill two birds with one stone. You can save America and South Africa. Me, I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord, sir. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and uh, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. <laughs> and um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're going to have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you can pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing, just quickly you can eat. And then we'll go to the next worship. If at all possible... We're going to hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're going to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some, some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least... 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. 
And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well. And weather permitting, we're going to have it on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have seven preachers. And this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. Uh, we've had all women once before, maybe. I don't know. But we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday. Um, this coming Good Friday, rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course, our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, so we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the 1st. Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service. Live in the New York area. Come on to the Good Friday. Get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon because we start right on the dock with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. Let me say this to you. I'm the Lord's servant. I work for him. And he has sent me to say to you, with $100, you can bring tribulation Trump to his knees. You can put him down and he'll never rise again. And to those people who are of the nations and, and, and color and hue of Africa and Haiti that Trump referred to as assholes in particular, I have called for five million people that Trump has labeled as assholes to give $100, raising half a billion dollars all total. And then we could use that money as a financial base to be able to purchase Trump properties, Mar-a-Lago in Florida, Delray Beach Golf Course in Florida, Bedminster Country Club and Golf Course in New Jersey, and Trump Tower in New York City. How do we bring him to his knees? Well, we're at Noise De Broad, and we can get this word out, and you start talking about it in your families and around the table and everywhere else. You make this as a kitchen table process. That every, you can get five million Hamites and Canaanites, that is African American or blacks, or to you Negroes. You're going to contribute $100 to raise half a billion dollars and you're going to buy up Trump's properties. Uh, and with that kind of money, it, of course, can be done. And especially those who Trump has said are asshole nations. That, that's what I want to present and propose to you. Now, let me just give some attention to the devil. I don't usually like to do this normally. I, I would just go on around it. But on this matter, I want everybody to feel safe. You know, there are a whole lot of people. I see people come to our church and they enjoy the preaching. I see people sit online and watch and never miss. In fact, they get their, their biscuits and their coffee and they know when I'm coming on uh, live and they watch. And they listen to everything I say. They laugh. They roll in truth. They're enlightened. They get wisdom and then they go out and tell what I've said in another way to their friends and their neighbors and their neighbors think they're smart. I don't get the credit. They plagiarize what I do. 
That's what many who do sit online and watch me. But the moment I ask for a tithe or an offering, the moment I ask for the first fruit, the moment I ask for them support regularly as you get supported from your job, they get an attitude and turn me off. I mean, it's absolute lunacy. And then if I press the issue after they have used my material, after they have been enlightened, after they have been encouraged, after they have been healed, and I asked them for an offer, all of a sudden I'm an evil person. I'm a money grabber. All of a sudden I'm a freak, a fraud and a fake when I ask for money. So let me just point out the hypocrisy of these people. Let me point out the fact, don't pay them any attention. Then get on the comment section and, and talk about the fact that the preacher asks for money. No, most Hamites can afford $100. In fact, some Hamite children can do it. Well, five million of them, and the purpose of it is to bring Trump to his knees. Because when we start talking about this over the next couple of months, and Trump hears about, we're going to buy your property, homie. You call us assholes, we're going to buy your property because you're going to need money. Them lawyers you got to keep you out of jail going to take every dime you got. You need, you got to sell Mar-a-Lago. We're going to own Trump Tower. We're going to own the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. We're going to turn Mar-a-Lago into a school for Haitian children. We're going to own it. It's going to bring him to his knees, but ain't nothing he can do about it. I don't want to be the president of the organization that collects the funds. People already started giving. I don't want to be that. We can turn that over to a group, to a person, a, a Hamite or Canaanite brother, who a person of integrity, a person who doesn't turn to the right nor to the left, not one of these pinch-nosed Negroes or some Harvard-trained civil rights affirmative action idiot, but a, a stomp down and put together a board of directors. I don't want to be involved in the process of the collection or the maintenance or the leveraging of the funds or the acquisition, but I do want to say a prayer. And I do want to give spiritual guidance because God's given the vision to me. God's given the word to me. But we're calling for people now to unite. We're calling for people to come together. And I want the engineer to put up on the announcement board uh, the information on how you can contact me and how you can then begin to say, all right, I want to be a part of this process. And we want to get the word out. Need we get a stir? We need to make this a kitchen table talk. Talk about it at McDonald's. Talk about it at uh, the, the, wherever you go to Olive Gardens. Talk about it when you go shopping. Talk about it in schools, on the jobs. That with one hundred dollars, five million, five million Hamites, and this is for Hamites only, by the way. Yeah, it is. Five million Hamites or Canaanites, Hamites and Canaanites. Raise half a billion. You may get 10 million Canaanites and Hamites. You may get 20 million. You get 10 billion. Uh, 10 million, you got a billion dollars. You get 20 million, you got $2 billion. We'll buy up everything Trump ever owned in his entire life. We can buy him out, wipe him out, and turn it into institutions, colleges, schools, uh, hospitals uh, that can be used for the so called S hole people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's right. Vengeance is mine. And so I'm calling upon you to go ahead now. You got $100. Ain't going to cost you more than that. All you need is $100. But what you need to do is give your heart and then get out there and talk to people about this. Talk to them. Say, you know, my God, God's given Dr. Manning a word that will put us in power and we'll never look back again. But the other thing is the thing that Trump is doing to you when he hears about this. 
<laughs> when he hears, he ain't gonna be able to sleep at night when he hears about that. The things he's done to you, the things he said to you, you ought to be willing to give up a hundred dollars. You ought to be willing to give up a hundred dollars. And whatever else you may have think or say about me, you ought to be able to put it aside that you might be able to stop Trump. You may not like me. You may not like the fact that I call Obama half-baked, half-breed, non-black, non-white liar, constitutional fraud. You may not like that. But you can put that aside to stop Trump. With $100, you can stop Trump. And God says, right on your, on your gift when you send it, that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God will repay for what Trump has done and what he has said. And by the way, if you don't stop him, he's going to take it so maybe a year from now you won't have $100 to give. So let's get started. Get out there, talk it up, tell everybody about it. They're going to tell, well, all right, Pastor Man, he ain't for the black man. Well, that's where the pastor man live. He lives in Harlem. Well, who's the, what, the, what, what kind of people live in Harlem? Well, you know, that, that thing might be a good question. But well, Pastor Manning is a brother. Pastor Manning has walked the prisons. Pastor Manning has walked the cotton fields of North Carolina. He's walked the tobacco fields of North Carolina. He's seen the Ku Klux Klan ride through his town. Pastor Manning has been beaten by the police, kicked in the face, and has uh, had his jaw broken, his ribs thrown in prison down in Florida. And yet he still stands up and says, Jesus is Lord. Pastor Manning has fed over a million meals to hungry bellies in the New York City, educating children, sending them off to school, to colleges, to be doctors and lawyers. Pastor Manning does it consistently and never turns to the right nor to the left. Pastor Manning doesn't jump up. And you can't push him down. You may not like his truth, and you may let the Japheth media and the Shemite media cause you to bow down to worship these swine dancing preachers, but Pastor Manning is a stoke down man. It's about time. It's about time we listen to what he says. He says, with $100, we can take down Tribulation Trump. I want to get everybody you know to contribute $100 to buy Mar-a-Lago, Bedminster, Trump Tower, and the and, and, uh, uh, Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., and everything else for the atrocities and what he said. No, all that Al Sharpton talk is cheap. All that talk of Michael Eric Dyson talking about what Trump has said. No, we're going to do something about what Trump has said. They talk about how wrong it was for Trump to call Africa and Haiti an S.O. They talk, we're going to do something. I'm James Evan Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord, sir. They know I've survived some of the most brutal attacks, death threats, fire bombings, lies, assaults. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know there's a man in here. James Brown said, open up the door, let a man come in. They know there's a man in here. There's a man in this. They know it. There's a man in this church. They know it. They stood up to Obama and didn't back up. Marched against him. They know there's a man. There's a stoop down. There's a man in this house. They know it. And not that they don't come in here because they don't agree. They don't want to come in here because they know they're going to come in here and meet a man. They walk by. They feel the vibrations of the church. They feel the vibrations of the building. There's a man in here. Look at him. Look at him. This man. Couldn't beat him. Police couldn't beat him. Obama couldn't beat him. Prison couldn't keep him. Desertion. People running away. And he's still preaching.
Cardi, pass us one more question. One more question. I promise I'll bother you any further. Don't bother me no more. The question is, are you are you happy? Are you happier now? Um, actually, ever since I became like real popular, I'm not really that happy to be honest with you because you have people like you all the time judging me when I was when I was me and judging nobody you. knew me. Judging no, you 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 judge you judge. How do you, you think judge he judge Beyonce? you? Like you judge Beyonce. Like you have people I'm like you always judging me, and it's just like. It's hurtful. It's, it's it's annoying, and I can't stand it. And it's so crazy because you? I make. How did I judge you? You're you're biased, and I I'm not going to blame I, you for I'm that. I'm expressing a point of I, view. I am not. You're judging me. You're, you're judging me. I'm not I'm expressing I'm, a point of view. is he allowed to have his? Is everybody so allowed to have their point of view? Opinion. I'm just telling you my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Your opinion is okay. You could do what but you want to do. But it's not necessarily judgment. Hey, Sean Hannity, Alex Jones. Is what Cambridge Analytica has done through Facebook um, collusion? Is what Steve Bannon has said and what the, uh, the campaign director of Tribulation Trump says that it was the data from, uh, from Facebook that was stolen by Cambridge Analytica that, that won the presidency for Trump? Is, is that collusion? It is, and by the way, you know, they're threatening to take Alex off of YouTube uh, because of the uh, him putting out information they consider to be false information. And we'll talk about that another time. But right now, um, Cambridge Analytica stole information under the pretext of this Russian spy who's a lecturer and professor at a St. Petersburg, Russia uh, institution and also here in America under the theme of an academic and was able to get Facebook to give up their saying information, personal information on some 50 million people. I want to play a part, play a, 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 a clip here from one of the local news channels uh, explaining that Cambridge analytical thing and succinctly and how it put Trump in the White House. And we want to ask Sean Hannity, was that collusion? Mr. Engineer, please. Do we need to get it done? Uh, we, we can. All right. Here it comes now, Mr. Engineer. Breaking news, a new expose about Cambridge Analytics, which is the data firm under fire for accessing the private information of more than 50 million Facebook users in an attempt to influence voters. Cambridge Analytica, of course, was being paid by the Trump campaign. And it shows how closely the company worked with the campaign. And now we're learning with Trump himself. The company's CEO, Alexander Nix, who was suspended today, says in an undercover video, which you'll see, that Cambridge Analytica was responsible for Trump's win and that he met with Trump multiple times. Tom Foreman is out front. Even as Team Trump suggests Cambridge Analytica had little to do with the big election win, stunning new video out of British TV's Channel 4 shows Cambridge CEO Alexander Nix telling a different story. Have you met Mr. Trump? Many times. You have? We did all the search, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting. We ran all the digital campaign, the television campaign. And our data the Cambridge Analytica had powerful connections to candidate Trump, including one-time top advisor Steve Bannon and billionaire donor Robert Mercer. 
So presidential son-in-law Jared Kushner and consultant Brad Parscale brought in the company which is now accused of utilizing data from 50 million Facebook users without permission. Facebook was how Donald Trump was going to win. Cambridge says the data has now been deleted and they're working with Facebook on the issue. But questions are also swirling about a possible link to Russian meddling. In July 2016, that Cambridge CEO reached out to Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, seeking access to emails from Hillary Clinton's private server. There was no evidence WikiLeaks had such information. But WikiLeaks was releasing emails from the computers of other Democrats, which authorities say were hacked by Russians. The emails bedeviled the Clinton campaign, and another Trump well, advisor, Roger Stone, weighed in. I actually have... Uh communicated with Assange. He also directly messaged a Russian hacker. He says he did nothing wrong, and despite another claim that Cambridge had ties to a Russian oil company, the campaign insists there were never any links to Russia. Are you comfortable that the Trump campaign through uh, the Cambridge Analytica had a connection to WikiLeaks? They didn't have a connection to WikiLeaks. Cambridge Analytica says the comments by the CEO do not represent the values or operations of the firm, and his suspension reflects the seriousness with which we view this violation. And the company told that British channel it has never claimed it won the election for President Trump. They've also launched an internal investigation into the matter, Aaron. You know, Tom, one of the things that really stands out there, I think, in that video is when the then CEO of Cambridge Analytica now suspended says, yes, absolutely, not with directly with Trump. Many times. I mean, that's pretty significant. That means you can't pass it off to some low-level somebody. It could go all the way to the president himself. What kind of legal implications could that have on the Mueller Russia investigation? Well, let's think about this. If what he said is true, if investigators found that Cambridge Analytica was working covertly with the Russians, and if they proved the Trump team knew about it, someone could be charged with something like unlawfully interfering with operation of the government or obstruction of justice or who knows? But there are a lot of ifs in that scenario. And so far, no proof we know of. Aaron? Right. Of course, we know uh, if Mueller has it, it won't have leaked out. So who knows where they are on that? All right. Uh, so Facebook is now willing to admit that 50 million of their users' uh, information, private information, has been compromised and stolen and placed in the hands of criminals and transferred to the Trump campaign in order to be able to find out which buttons to push during the rallies and what would get people out to vote, such as drain the swamp, build a wall, lock her up. And, and so Facebook has, their leaders have confessed to this, Mark Zuckerberg is in hiding. Cambridge Analytica, its president, recently fired or suspended, has um, also stated that he met with Trump several occasions, not with, not with some of Trump's subordinates, but he met with Trump himself personally to discuss this process and his method of using stolen information to bolster his campaign and to increase his chances of winning and would win in using such criminal tactics as what has been done. So I, wanna, I want to ask Sean Hannity. I want to ask Alex Jones. I want to ask Mike Pence. I want to ask Kellyanne Conway. I want to ask Paula Ryan. I want to ask uh, Mitch McConnell. Was that collusion? I want to ask the evangelicals. I want to ask Franklin Graham. I want to ask Jeff Falwell Jr., Robert Jeffers. Was that collusion? Was it criminal? Was it obstruction of justice? 
Was it the American way? Was that God? Was that Jesus that raided the Facebook pages and transferred the information in a criminal, criminal way? Did Jesus do that so he could put Trump in power? Hey! Hey, you Japheth evangelicals. Hey, was that Jesus? Was it? I think we know the answer. <laughs> I think we know that it was not Jesus. It was the devil. That's who did it. And that's who put tribulation. And we're going to find out more about this process as it goes along. Very interesting. But now we got Facebook on the line. We got Cambridge Analytica. What else went on that we're going to discover when Robert Mueller drops his bomb? I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord's servant. And by the way, Mr. Engineer, don't, don't take me to a breakout time. It's going to be short here today. Ted Olson, one of the more famed Washington attorneys who's handled some really major cases uh, before the Supreme Court, who knows his way around Washington, uh, was approached by Tribulation Trump of late to join his team of lawyers defending against the Mueller investigation. You know, he's got Ty Cobb and he's got a couple of other freaks that are running around there. Uh, who'd have no idea what they're doing, but he now realizes that uh, these people, these lawyers he has now, that they don't know how to deal with the questions or how to deal with the charges that Mueller is getting ready to level so against Trump. So Trump is now looking for other lawyers, more experienced, lawyers that, uh, who are not conspiracy theorists, lawyers who will deal with the law, otherwise Trump is going to jail. But Ted Olson, Theodore Olson is his name, one of America's famed attorneys, said no, uh, he's not going to be able to serve Trump. And the reason gave it would be a conflict of interest. But the truth of the matter is this, is that who wants to be associated with um, a Trump when you got people like this Joseph D. Javinia, or whatever his name is, I know I'm butchering it, who is saying that the FBI framed Trump. First of all, they tried to help Hillary and then they framed Trump. Nobody wants to be associated with that. Nobody wants to be associated with the legacy of tribulation Trump. I think Ty Cobb uh, is leaving as well because nobody wants to be associated with what would be the ultimate legacy of one of the most embarrassing moments in hell with tribulation Trump when all is found out about this, this freak, this psychopath. So people are trying to get a, nobody, he can't, he was not going to be able to get any lawyers. I mean, think about it for just a second. I mean, Hope Hicks is gone. Keith Schiller, his longtime bodyguard is gone. I mean, Riz Priebus is gone. Uh, I, Steve Bannon is gone. I mean, the only person still with Trump now is his wife, Melania and Ivanka and Jared. And I'm not sure how close they are together. Because here, here, I mean, and then you got these, these, these Nicolaitans out there, these evil people that God hates in the Southern Baptists and Evangelicals, they're still sticking with him, talking about giving him a mulligan. And by the way, thank you, Elder Smith, for sending that article. Giving Trump a mulligan, a chance to do it all over again. <laughs> this man is being, a woman, a week is coming out the woodwork on Trump and the Southern Baptists says, okay, as long as he build that wall and keep the Mexicans out. We don't care how many women he rapes or whatever non-disclosure acts he has, a court action, we don't care. He can do that all he wants, cocaine, we don't care. As long as he build that wall. Really, they don't want the wall built. They just want him to keep America white. 
which is a farce and a fantasy. But at any rate, but nobody wants to be associated with Trump now. And as this matter heats up even more, you're going to find even some of the Republicans that were in Congress that were free to say something about it because they were afraid of their own reelection process are going to jump ship too. Trump was going to be as, 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 as alone as anybody can possibly be alone when it finally uh, all comes down because people are going to try to distance themselves from having been anywhere near the kind of maniacal, low-life things that Trump is noted for. I, I think John Brennan was right that Trump's presidency will go down in the dustbin being of history as perhaps the worst thing that has ever happened to America on a political scale. He's right. <laughs> you never see anything like it. Anyway, he's going to be indicted. He, according to the questions and according to the people, he's now trying to hire as lawyers. It appears that the indictment will be for the obstruction of justice. Uh, the, the fact that he, tried, he fired James Comey, the fact that he brought Kislyak and Lavrov into the Oval Office and confessed before Lester Holtz that the reason why he did it was because of the Russia investigation. He's going to be indicted for uh, obstruction of justice amid a ton of other financial crimes as well. And then everybody around him is going to go to jail for fraud, for money laundering, the works. It's going to be a mess. Get your popcorn. No, really what you ought to do, quite frankly, is that you need to get your health in order. Get healthy. I don't know what your health situation is. Get healthy. I'll even pray for you. I will, and I believe the prayers that we offer a medicine, uh, as a form of medicine, um, that will, I, get your health in order. There's a long winter coming. Get your health in order. Get your finances in order. Because the first thing the government's going to do when it collapses, it's going to collapse. And China's going to stand up and you ain't seen nothing like the red scare that's going to come out of China when Trump falls. You ain't seen nothing like the Chinese in terms of their economic power and strength that's come out. And then Russia's only defense will be they've got the best cyber warfare program, second only to North Korea. Get your health in order. Get your finances in order. But more than that, get right with Jesus. Denounce Trump and accept the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Get your life in order. You ain't never seen nothing like this. We've, we've never been attacked by China. As soon as Trump falls, and he's going to fall, you've never seen anything like this. Get your life. Get right with Jesus and do it now. I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord servant. I want to put forth a call for five million Hamites, Canaanites, Haitians in particular, and in the league to form a union uh, to contribute $100 each to buy all of Tribulation Trump's properties, starting with Mar-a-Lago and the Trump International Hotel, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., starting there. Five million Hamites and Canaanites 
uh, contributing $100 each, raising a half a billion dollars to start the process of purchasing, purchasing Tribulation Trump's properties. And the reason why they should going to be purchased, and they'll be purchased at a fire sale, because Trump will be indicted or commit suicide, or the Mueller investigation will tighten a noose around him so tight that he's going to have to sell off, off his properties. I just did a piece earlier where I explained that Tribulation Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, had to hock his house to raise $130,000. Now, you know, when you know, I got to, when you have to hock your house to raise $130,000 to pay a sex bill, ain't no money. They, these boys ain't got no money. They ain't got no money. This went to the drug dealer. At any rate, or loan shop. But at any rate, I, I, I seriously, I want you to be very careful now. Think about this, and we'll see how God will work all this out. If five million Hamites and Canaanites with Haitians in the league, and everybody all down in the islands, invested $100, it would raise half a billion. If 10 million Hamite Canaanites invested $100, it'll raise a billion dollars. That would be enough money to put in a structured program whereby it would then begin to finance the purchase of Mar-a-Lago in Florida and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., the Trump Tower here in New York, and some of the Trump golf courses, the Delray Beach uh, Trump golf course, also in Florida, and other properties as well that will be sold at a fire sale because Trump is going to need money. He's going to need it desperately. So I would think that if, if those of you out there would hear me, and we can find some people that are credible financial people, whose heart's in the right place, that either Hamanite or Canaanite, whose heart's in the right place, but they have great financial expertise. They have been known to deal in an equitable way and an honest way with the people, whether it be a broker from Wall Street or an insurance representative or some other kind of person that is a Hamanite or Canaanite who has financial experience and put together a board of directors, and then hold a conference and ask each Hamite or Canaanite person for $100 only in honor of refuting Tribulation Trump for having called Africa and Haiti as an asshole. And most Hamites, you can get 10 million Hamites to come up with $100. That ain't no big thing. You'll get Hamites who want to come up with 1,000 or 100,000 knowing that we can take Trump's properties, all of them, all of them, the man that disparaged uh, Haiti and Africa in the worst way, and we can then run our beautiful children, turn the properties into schools, turn the Mar-a-Lago in, into a school to educate at all levels, into a college to educate and, and, and give Haitian children visas to come to educate themselves and from all down in the islands, from down in St. Kitts, from 
down in uh, Jamaica can come to Mar-a-Lago and we can turn uh, Trump Tower uh, into an education institute or keep it as a hotel and use it as an international Hamite and Canaanite hotel managed by, we need to find people that are Hamites who have hotel management experience. Uh, we need the people who have worked for the Four Seasons Hotel, who have worked for the upscale, the St. Regis here in, uh, in New York. We have a member of our church who's now studying law who worked for the Waldorf Astoria at one time. We need to find people of the Hamite Canaanite persuasion and ability who have expertise, who worked at the Waldorf, who've worked at the Plaza Hotel, who worked at the Four Seasons, and who worked at Marriott's and other Hilton's, and who understand hotel management, so that when we take charge of this, it will not be a skippy organization run down half-hearted. No, it'll be run in the most upscale way, even better than Tribulation Trump is running it. Yeah, and promoted as such, and the education. Well, I'm not talking about my doing this themselves. I just want to get out there and put the idea out there. We need to get out there on the Steve Harvey show and the Tom Joyner and everybody else. I'm putting the idea out there. See, God's given me the strength to blow the idea. God's given me the mouthful of blessings to bless the project. And then we can call for it. And we'll look at the, 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 the pedigrees, the resumes of those who would want to orchestrate. Senator, the president, the board of, uh, board of directors, the chairman of this organization bringing five million or 10 million Hamites and Canaanites together to then purchase Trump properties. And, and, and we, even before Mueller ties that noose around his neck completely, let him know that we're watching him. We're waiting for him to fall so we can take his properties and let everybody else know it as well. But yeah, I don't have to run this. You say, Pastor, you're trying to run it. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I ain't got time to run no banking industry. No, I'll, I will teach in a school, but I ain't got time to do this or put together a board of directors or sit down and have coffee in Danish with y'all in some boardroom. I ain't going to do that. That ain't my stick. That ain't my style. I don't do that. I'm just the Lord's servant. I'm telling you what the Lord said. Y'all take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. But I want to be there to bless it, call it together, hold the first prayer meeting. And we're going to look for the best and the finest of the Hamites and brothers who got a good record. Now, we, we, we don't want none of these politicians. I'll tell you this right now. Now, I will have some, I do want to have to say, we're, we're, no, no politician. You're congressman. No, no, no. You done been tainted by that chicken blood. You've been eating chicken blood. You're a politician. You've been eating chicken blood. And... You have to be, to be a politician to the Hamite community to come out of the hood. You, you sell us out. We know that. Oh, we know that things you have to do. You have to bow down to Mr. Charlie and sell us out. We know that. And that's why we don't want you. Because you've been, you have chicken blood in you. Well, find some brothers that nobody knows about. Find a brother who has demonstrated that he's been upright, upstanding, manages his family well has a love for the Lord God Almighty, and he's, he's uh, kept his nose clean. There's somebody out there that can do it. And then put together a constituent of board of directors to serve along with him. And then we'll find people that know how to manage the Waldorf, or worked at the Waldorf, and you get the idea. 
No, I don't have to have, all I want to do is open it up with the first prayer meeting. I, I want to call for it and get out there and eat and get out there on these broadcast programs and begin to talk about it so the Hamite community can wake up and realize we can buy Trump's properties. And we want him to hear about it while he's deliberating. We want him to hear about it. We're going to tell you, brother, when you go, gone, guess what? We're going to be in your house uh, doing the do. Ha! That's right. We're going to be in your house. Listen to James Brown. Say it loud. <laughs> you know, Maxine Waters' husband is a banker. Is that right? Uh, he is. I think they, they, they so we're talking to him. I don't know whether he would be suitable for this. I don't know whether because they were in a little trouble and Maxine Waters is a politician. But she might be able to help us. No, we're going to go ahead now. And uh, I'm, I'm putting it out here today. Uh, you got my information, call me. Now you will call me or you uh, send an email or you contact me. Uh, put, that, put that number up on the board there, Mr. Engineer, the 877-777-0734. Uh, they can call it and the secretary will take the number and I'll get back to you when I got the time. I'm a pastor. I got, I got a school I'm running here and I got sermons I'm preaching and, a, and a, a report that I'm doing here and I got people in this community that in New York City I'm fighting well I'll get back to you and I get send me an email put all that information up put the email information up so you send me an email you can send it directly to me at otlaw1 at aol.com I'll take it but the best thing for you to do now to really get with this the best thing for you to do is to follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning right follow me on Twitter and, and, and go to my Dr. James David Manning Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning. Now remember, when communicating with me, our, our goal is to get five million of the people that Tribulation Trump called S-holes to contribute $100. I will not be the president of it. I will not be the board of directors. I'll, all I want to do is call the meeting. Call, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm going to call it, anoint it, bless it, pray over it, and then turn it over to very capable people. Amen. Amen. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Nigeria. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. 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 Mr. Trump, I am from St. Kitts and Nevis. Mr. Trump, I am from Nevis. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and uh, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. <laughs> and um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're going to have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you can pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing, just quickly you can eat. And then we'll go to the next worship. 
if at all possible, we're going to hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're going to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some, of the, some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but some will take place at the 7 o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well. And weather permitting, we're going to have it out on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have seven preachers. And this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. Uh, we've had all women once before, maybe. I don't know. But we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday. Um, this coming Good Friday, rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course, our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, so we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the 1st. Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service. Live in the New York area. Come on to the Good Friday. Get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon because we start right on the dock. It'll make a junkie say Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word. Holy ground. 